Blog Talk Radio. Kubrick is amazing, weed is amazing, you can do the healing, I'ma make a killing, ancient drug dealing, all through America, oh what a feeling, huh, line them up, jook them, stick them up and whip them, bring it back, selector, might not never see me, God is so clever, rise in the morning, nigga, fresh every weather, elemental gesture, ice smoke purple in the rain, I shun away the pain, guilt disappeared, the killer will appear, dip a loosey little bro you would never fear, repercussions, concussions, shooting up the functions, hate is just a slave, masters need you angry, listless and lazy, apathetic faggotry made these bitches lazy, until you really conscious, pro is tasty, lean with me baby, rest with me sweetie, she whispered in my ears, her flesh is really needy, feed me, feed me, KTL cereal, red pills, blue pills, arch degree decode skills, black dots, hip hop, Oba, Bobby, Valentine taught me everything, Delbit with a ray gun, I dare you to front son, and I'm a more, and I'm on tour, flying through the waters, nigga, where the fuck is y'all, you can ask Pause. Set God scores. 9 p.m. Central. Go feed your mental. Tuesdays and Fridays. The God make you special. The God make you special. Yeah, 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 yeah. Half the kids don't like you. Shit that shot you. Kiss don't kiss you. Styles beat on you. Touch me and die, nigga. Put you in pie. <laughs> Tuesdays and Fridays, 9 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Central, yeah, ha, yeah, get it, Red House, nigga, Red House in this motherfucker, shout out to everybody that's motherfucker, super intelligent, nigga, extra special, extraordinary, you know, fuck that, you being a motherfucking, fucking, weird, cultural, Emotional niggas, nigga. We making shit happen, nigga. We making shit happen, nigga. Where do you see us in the future, nigga? Film, media, technology, nigga. Bread, nigga. This bread, nigga. This motherfucking bread, nigga. Farms, nigga. You understand what I'm talking about, nigga? Yeah. Self-sufficient. Yeah. G-shit, nigga. Fuck you talking about. Your niggas still talking and arguing and all that old cornball shit, nigga. We about to get this bread, boy. Fuck you talking about feeding babies, little nigga. Fuck you talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Free all the motherfucking real political prisoners, man. Free all the real political prisoners. Shout out to everybody, man. Black and noble. Shout out to everybody. Blog talk, nigga. What? Peace, 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 peace to you and yours, peace to you and yours, family. This is Nova the Ledge Radio, and you are now rocking with the best. Yes, indeed, this is your host, Brother Blue Pill. All right. I am soon to be joined by my co-hosts, co-hostesses, who knows who shows up this evening. But what I do got to do is wait for this studio to pop up. The retrograde is definitely real tonight, family, okay? So pardon 
the minute or two delay that it took to launch the show, it actually took me 30 minutes to program this show. That's how slow my internet started moving leading up to tonight's episode. Um, and it's always episodes like this that are heavily anticipated. You know what I'm saying? I, I still get anxiety for, um, you know, the really big shows, the shows that I know that are paradigm shifting, the shows that mean a lot to me because, you know, these are stories that are not being told. And the more we have opportunity to uncover and tell stories, the the more we can materialize the bridges that connect all of the pieces. And these are bridges to your consciousness where things wouldn't seem so separate to you. You would understand, you know what I'm saying? You would get a better concept, in particular tonight when we speak about hip-hop and consciousness with our guests, Brother Casual, one of the founders of Hieroglyphics out on the West Coast, you'll be able to see that there was more going on on the West Coast other than gangster rap. You'll be able to see the cohesiveness of our collective consciousness. You know, while we were doing things here in New York with the Native Tongues, there were things happening across the pond, across, you know, across the world, across the country, on the other coasts with hip-hop groups as well. You know, they were picking up on the wave. They were picking up on the vibe. They were carrying the torch. Okay, there was cohesiveness. There was a collectiveness. And once we get back to that understanding of that science and that technology that's innate within us, then we can also restore some of the things that on surface seem to be missing from who and what we are as a people, but it's always there. These powers are always activated. They're always working. You know, nowadays they just might be working in the benefit of um, negativity, things of that particular nature, if that's the energy spectrum that we're into, if that's the vibration that we're on. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, of course, at some point, you know, our thing, quote-unquote, got co-opted. And uh, that's where, you know, we saw the expression through the other side or through the other spectrum by way of the West. So we're going to get a chance to chop all of that up tonight. Uh, of course, we are back in the building, uh, back from our trek out to Boston. Shout out to the Boston family, of course. All right. So let me check some of this stuff out. I don't know what's going on in this back studio. It's saying that we don't have any callers. So I got to see what's, what's, what's exactly going on here. Just give me a second. Oh, boy. That's the show time. Yeah. Let me see what's going on. Because it's saying that, saying that I ain't called in yet, saying that there's no callers. So in so many words, the studio is saying that the show is not activated. I hope I'm not sitting here talking to myself. Even if I am, you know what I'm saying? So be it. This is how you get nice at what you do. You practice. You know, even when it comes to lecturing, if there's one person in the room, you lecture as if there's 100. If there's nobody in the room, you still lecture as if there's 100. Shout out to our brother, 
Malcolm, you know, the great elder, we were able to uh, actually visit his rest up in Boston this past weekend and pay homage to our great ancestor. Okay? So, you know, he famously said the same thing. Red said he could hear me, so it's just an issue with the studio. I got to wait till everything pans out on the studio side of things. Matter of fact, let me just call him on a three-way. In the meantime, while I wait for the studio to kick in. All right? Hold on with you. Peace, yeah. peace, 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 is the right. blizzard that never materialized today in New York. That's what the retrograde yeah. is. They was reading yeah. the wrong shit on their radar. They seen the retrograde coming. Yeah. <laughs> the retrograde is so real that it glitched the damn storm, family. It had the computers going. That's how backwards this thing is. They had them thinking that the, a superstorm was coming. And it was, I, you know, it, it snowed more in Boston overnight on a Friday. You know, with no warning. They was like, we didn't even know the snow was coming. Yeah, they had no warning. The the first night after our lecture, immediately after I finished going in, because I I know what I did. You know what I'm saying? I know that I was charging that ionosphere. The minute I got into the uh, rest, I got a call from China. You know, so I opened up a a paradigm that um, that was was necessary. You know, so... That, that that snow started coming in the middle of the night and I know what was going on through my mind when, when that snow was coming the spirits were speaking to me and they was like yo, you did your thing but we need you to go all the way in on part two and it started snowing, you know and um, I broke day I didn't even go to sleep that night yeah, like I was just I was building all night, building all night putting these slides together just you know, pulling in information from, from the cosmos so us understanding the ionosphere, us understanding that we're trillionaires, we're heirs of a trillion ions is in us, family. Like, this is not hocus-pocus. I'm not talking a metaphysical mumbo-jumbo. This is science. No mumbo. This is science. You know, all of our collective thoughts are trapped up in the ionosphere. You know, you have a trillion ions in you. The snow is creating negative ions, not in the sense of, how we have been taught in school about, you know, negative is bad. No, negative no. ions are the ones that you want. That's where you create reality from. Fact. Okay, that's what we was talking um, with one of my family the other day. This brother lives out, or he used to live out. He come from Coney Island. He was building with some people that was in the cipher, and they was talking about Far Rockaway. And they were comparing notes about how all of these regions that they've been in near bodies of water are always off the hook. And I was thinking about Miami, Chicago. I was thinking about Chicago. I was thinking about, you know, all of these places that are directly off the water that have a whole different energy, right? 
And you can see that energy manifest not only in the way that the brothers of that particular environment might be a little buck wild, but especially in how the females deal with their sexuality in those particular areas because we know what negative ions do is or it's this it's that organ energy, it's that orgasmic organ energy in the air of creativity, that raw creativity. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So you know, we, we, we know that when we're charging the atmosphere with that tachyon energy, you know what I'm saying? You're going up, you're building, you you busting brain molecules, people are you're creating all kind of new synapses and bridges in people's mind. All of that has energy signatures that go off, and all of that is captured in the ionosphere. And then it's going to come down in the form of precipitation, especially if you crack something. So we've seen that happen in real time in Boston. And then Boston just got once bread went in with his presentation. Whew. Yeah, because if it was summer, it would be a rainstorm. Yeah, it'd it, 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 be a thunderstorm. It'd be a mini Sandy. Facts. You know. You know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the brother went upstairs with his presentation, and he cracked. Uh-huh. He further cracked the ionosphere, and now they got twenty-four inches up there. You know, I guess KT did his thing down here. You know, that's why the blizzard was on its way to New York City. You feel me? That, yeah. Yeah. You know, he he cracked that ceiling. You know what I'm saying, but um, you know when we got up, when we got back to the city, um, it didn't really pan out the way that they were advertising it, quote unquote. It even even though like it. It, it it did in Montauk, and we directed the family's attention to Montauk because we were speaking about the pyramids of Montauk. We were speaking about the family on Montauk. You can't tell the story of Connecticut or Boston without getting into Montauk, okay? So everywhere that we kind of touched on the map and dealt with this information, they experienced these, uh, you know, increased level of precipitation by way of snow. I'm not buying into the harp thing. That's not really my cup of tea. Harpington. Harpington, yeah. But um, retrograde, real. Retrograde, right? real. So, you know, me, family, I'm opening up the chat room. It might be open already, but it's not on my screen. I'm also doing the same with the, uh, still waiting for the studio to refresh and everything so we could get to our guests this particular evening. All right. Like I said, this is, uh, you know, this always happens around these particular programs where I have a level of heavy anticipation for the uh, probability of building a bridge in place of one that has never been built. Because I've never really heard nobody have this conversation, you know? Yeah. And this is based on personal experience. This is not even something that I was able to drudge up based on something that I read. I went to Oakland and experienced the power of the hieroglyphics in that town. I seen them put together the high road date. I bore witness to the unification that that they represent in that town by a force, their force of consciousness that reigns supreme in Northern California. A direct dichotomy of what's going on in LA, uh juxtaposition, you know what I'm saying? Like the exact opposite. Highly, highly respected in their town not only for their movement, but for their intellect, for their consciousness. 
okay? That didn't happen overnight. That was happening at the same time that people were saying or trying to paint the West Coast with one brush saying, yo, this shit is about gangster rap. That's not true. There's no other place outside of New York that you will feel a vibe of familiarity than Oakland, than the Bay. It's a very multicultural what Dominicans and Puerto Ricans are to us in New York City, Southeast Asians are to them in the Bay. You understand? And you can't tell them that they're not hip-hop. So, you know, we'll be able to dissect the uh, finer points and aspects of that when we delve a little bit deeper into tonight's conversation. And this brother, Brother Casual, Brother Jonathan, for that matter, representing Amara Squad, will be featured in the uh, upcoming debate that's going to be taking place February 8th here in New York City, okay, in Harlem, USA. All right? So you'll get an opportunity to familiarize yourself with this brother, with his information, with his uh, school of discipline, you know what I'm saying, and all of the things that make him a unique character. All right, Charles, give me a second. Like I said, still working through this retrograde, waiting on this uh, studio to kick in. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Red, you still there? All right, he'll be back in a second. All right, family, so, of course, we got to go through the uh, full shout-outs. Our Boston family, definitely shout-out to Brother Arafat. Shout-out to my brother Dooley. Congratulations on the newborn. Shout-out to your, uh, your beautiful Wiz. Um, uh, just a few other people. Jazara, of course, shout out to you for filming, holding us down with that power, with the powerful uh, vegan meals. Shout out our sister Nadra out there with the vegan food as well. Shout out Lily, shout out her children. Sister Sha, uh, you know, with Afrique, with the uh, holding us down at radio. What's the Ross name? Yes, I believe the the brother name is Ross Simeon. Um, yeah, if we don't get a chance to rent something from him tonight, we will get a chance uh, on Friday to rent some of this brother's tunes. He's a poet. This was his first time in the quote-unquote states, live and direct from J.A. You know what I'm saying? Um, the brother tore it down. He opened up. For Red, and we also did a radio show with him Saturday morning. Shout out to all of the radio stations out in um, Boston. I don't know all of them off the top of my my dome right this particular moment, but we had a wonderful, fabulous time. We went on a decent media run through the city. We was able to touch people via the airwaves. Uh, we was able to touch people via the lecture circuit. We was able to just touch people in passing, people we were encountering in the streets, just building, all right? 
So it was a, a wonderful, wonderful, beautiful opportunity to bring this information from Brooklyn to Beantown. All right. And we look forward to returning to Boston, um, especially with some of our super friends. You know what I mean? So you can um make it a, a three day event, a four day event, you know what I'm saying? Because that's where the uh the institutions are, the institutions of quote unquote higher learning. So it's only right alongside of that, you know, we build up this virtual KTL university. Okay? So shout out to the family. I ain't big up yourselves. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we definitely we were supposed to do something Friday evening, immediately following the program in regards to a show. That didn't happen. So we're here tonight, back in the building. Thank you for joining us. Tell a friend to tell a friend, okay? And we will be commencing very shortly once I get the studio up. All right? Um, hold on one sec. Yes, I brother. Can you on your phone? Yeah, hold on. Yes, our brother Gano Grills on February 1st, Super Bowl Sunday, okay, out in Staten Island, 73 Wave Street, SI, from 12 p.m. to 4 p.m., the Kundalini Reiki initiation will be taking place, all right? Only 22 people will be permitted into the sacred eighth initiation, all right, so you want to go on galictus.com, G-A-L-I-G-H-T-I-C-U-S. All right, galictus.com is our brother's website, so if you get further details, you will get a discount if you're calling from KTL, so make sure that you mention that so you can be in the building, all right, with the great ones, but this is taking place. On February 1st, 2015, 73 Wave Street, Staten Island, New York, 12 p.m. sharp to 4.44 p.m. Okay, I can dig it. Pre-registration is required. So for more information, again, family, go to the like this, G-A-L-I-G-H-T-I-C-U-S.com. All right? And um, they're extending the deadline for KTL members. So highlight the brother, get involved, get in tune. Um, in addition, we want to shout out Brother Arafat's sister, Latifa. She did a wonderful Reiki energy session on us out in Boston as well, supercharged. Huh? Yes, yeah, she has a radio show here on Blog Talk as well. Remember the name? Yeah. Music and more, uh, we were featured on that as well. So you might want to um, check her out in the search engine. Beautiful energy, beautiful sister, beautiful show. They come from a beautiful family with a beautiful legacy, a beautiful mother, doing some beautiful history, beautiful energy. There's a beautiful people. So we definitely uh, 
would suggest that you check them out. You know what I'm saying? I, I am still waiting on the studio to open up. In the meantime, in between time, I also know that our brother Ross Ben is going to be coming to Brooklyn, I believe, this Friday. All right, definitely want to check that out. Pull that information up. I think our brother's going to stop by real quick to make mention of that. Um, Sister Cafunia also has an event coming up as well. So I got to pull all that up. All of that is information that I um, I had, you know, look forward to having in front of me so I could read everything, but my computer is moving like, Dumb slow. All right, shout out Brother Rich, Underground Railroad. All right, Black Magic 363 on YouTube. All right, we shot a clip. It will be out. Hopefully it will be up this evening. It's not, if not, you know, early morning. All right. It was about the blizzard. It was about the blizzard 2015 here in New York City dealing with the metaphysics of weather as well. Um, he has a wonderful interview that he did last week with Brother KT, the Arc Degree, speaking about the fantastic voyage, the metaphysics of the God body. I'm getting nothing but rave reviews from his presentation in Brooklyn, Nicholas. He did his thing. He brought the 3D animation out. You know what I'm saying? This brother's not only decoding movies. He can literally take you inside of one. Okay, you can go on a uh, cinematic journey with this brother and his information. You know what I'm saying? He is the truth, bar none. Shout out to the family in Atlanta that came out this weekend to see Dr. Sadie. Mama Pill was in the building. I've seen a bunch of other pictures on Instagram with people that was in the building with Mama Pill as well. Uh, she said that, you know, it was a, um, a very well-attended and information-filled event. Sabi was in rare form, and uh, yeah, yeah. So I look forward. I think that he's coming back to the New York City area in May of some time. Okay. Uh, what else? Anything else this weekend you know about? Okay. Shout out. Yeah. Sign of the TV. A.A. Rashid was just featured on uh, Sonata's YouTube channel. All right. I was getting texts about that event right there. So the brother must have went in. I think that that will be, yeah, he has something coming up February 22nd in Las Vegas, Nevada, out in the desert. Okay. So we definitely look forward to being in the building for that. To my West Coast family, of course. Um, shout out to my brother Seaweed, his family out there in Vegas. So yeah, check Sarnetta's channel out for that upcoming segment. You dig? And of course, like I said, yes, you want to keep your eyes peeled and your ears fine-tuned for those that do vibrate and tune into the debate. It is coming. It's right around the corner. It's a week and away. All right? A lot of anticipation for that. The streets is buzzing. The Internet is buzzing. 
The phones is ringing off the hook. So, you know, yeah, February 8th, if you're in the building, if you're out here, come out, show solidarity. This is going to be a unified front. This is not about discontent in the community. This is about unifying on all fronts, tighten this thing up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. That law of resonance, yes, when you get into that building and everybody is is there, you know, anything and all things can be done. So don't be fooled by the quote-unquote spooky factor of it all that you think that there's conflict. This is very well be the biggest unity event on the planet. You know what I'm saying? This is very well could be the event where, you know, people march out of there with solutions, you know. This could be the event that, that shapes up the, uh, you know what I'm saying, when you're growing up that afro and it's fuzzy and you get that shape up, you know what I'm saying, and then you can finally see it, you know, the fine-tuning. So don't just be a spectator. Be a participant, you know what I'm saying, step up to the plate, show them what you got. So we look forward to seeing the family. We will be in the building. I believe that we're going to have a, a lot of surprise guests in the building as well. A lot of people coming through for this. They don't want to uh, let this opportunity go to waste. And like I said, the opportunity to unite on multiple fronts is what we're talking about. Not people coming to see somebody to chin check them. No, these are people's. Um, these are people that other people look up to. You know what I'm saying? These are. You know, these are these are these are people that other people aspire to work with. Yes, these are scholars in our community. Um, these are great minds. These are leaders. You know, so we're going to unify around that premise. You know what I'm saying? And we're going to make it a vainglorious event. The only thing that's missing is you. We look forward to seeing you, so you can bring everything full circle, family. All right. Yeah, I'm still. Whew. Hold on. Let's see what's good. I don't know what else to do, but, you know, but wait on it, family. That's all I'm doing. All right. Yes, our guest is in the building. I just got the text. So as soon as this studio cleans itself up or clears up or opens up, we'll get directly to tonight's event. All right. I don't know what to say. But where there's a will, there's a way. You feel me? So can only be patient, take those deep breaths, and work through this mercury. Mercury is air, it's the breath as well. So the control of the breath will also bring into balance this whole aspect of retrograde. You know, retrograde just makes you stronger. Retrograde makes your mental more astute. It is the mind. It's mercury. Helps you work through these things. I will never throw in the towel and give up. We can only get better through adversity. And that's what we're doing here. We're learning to be patient. We're learning to work through these things. We're learning how to control and use our minds to uh, overcome and move technology. 
And I want to give a shout-out to Brother Red Pill because this brother has been sitting on some information that is very vital, necessary to the growth and development of the minds, the quantum minds of our people dealing with the technology sector. I done heard him, you know, blowing the flute about it for a minute now. I have full faith knowing that, you know, he had uncovered some vital information that we could utilize, but I had no idea that he was going to unveil what he unveiled in Boston um, that left a no shadow of a doubt that technology, digital technology at that, is something that we shouldn't only be speed walking to. We need to run to it. We need to find factories and buildings and, and you know, outfit these buildings with computers, you know what I'm saying, and get our children in there and let them go ham, let them do what they do best, which is create through the imagination, um, through spirit, you know what I'm saying, just allowing spirit to work through them, to lead them down that rabbit hole where they need to go to start unlocking the code, you know, to learn this new language, to program the future, you know what I'm saying, to, to, to get with this technology, to get on top of it, to get ahead of it, you know what I'm saying, and no longer be behind it, no longer get washed up by this digital wave, but become silver surface. So I definitely want to uh, commend the brother for bringing that level of information through and showing proving that, you know, not only is there a way, there's a future, and there's a history to technology in this digital age that we're in that goes directly back into our DNA, speaks directly to who we are, coincides perfectly with the paradigm that we're participating in and promoting. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it all stacks up. So I look forward to him unveiling that to show it to a, a wider audience so he can magnify the purpose of us getting on purpose dealing with this technology, y'all. All right. Red, you there? No, nah, I can't hear you. Yeah, family. All right. Come back. Give me one second. The studio is still taking its precious time. But I'm going to call Brother Red on the three. All right, yeah. Let me do that. Let me call tonight's guest on the three-way while we wait on the studio to get right. Give me one second. All right. Yeah, yeah. Hello? Peace, family. Hello? What up with it? Yes, indeed. Welcome to KTL. Thanks for having me. Can you hear me? me? Yes, sir. You got me? We live and direct. Yes, indeed. I had to call you on a three-way. You know, retrograde has a way of rearing its ugly head, but we went through the, uh, you know, we went around retrograde and pulled you in on the three-way. So, you know, again, welcome to KTL. It's an honor to have you. 
Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. Uh been listening to you guys for a while. I've been following uh your work and your information and it's it's like I said, it's my pleasure to be here. Well, you know, that's an honor, brother. That's that's again, like I said, that's things coming full circle. Um as me and Red were growing up, as youngsters looking at video music box, reading the source, you know, just immersing ourselves into all things hip hop. We were born in the Bronx like a year after hip hop, so we really hip hop babies, you know what I'm saying? And um we just felt that you know, I when I'm reading the source I don't skip an article to get to another no, I was reading the source from cover to cover. Mm-hmm. So everything within that experience is what we experienced ourselves. You know what I'm saying? What was going on in Chicago in the hip-hop scene, what was going on in Houston in the hip-hop scene, especially what was going on in Oakland in the hip-hop scene, as well as the rest of the West Coast. So I kind of like already had an idea promoting about West Coast hip-hop only coming out of Los Angeles wasn't the entire story of hip-hop because the first time that I was able to, you know, get a grasp of entrepreneurial spirit in hip-hop, the fact that I knew that there was different markets and that we was doing one thing in New York one way, but that wasn't the only way to do it, is when I was reading up on E-40, when I was reading up on J.O. Felony, when I was reading up on all of them dudes that was going independent, you know, when I was reading up on Mac Dre, when I was reading up on everybody in the Bay was doing it by their own rules. So I'm like, they can do that there, and they're going out to Trump. That's no different from us. You know, in New York, we were selling other things out to Trump. We were selling other stuff off the rack. You feel me? But I'm like, when it came to hip-hop, our people, for some reason, never applied the hustle that supposedly originated on these streets. They was never able to hustle their music. I never got that. You know what I'm saying? And then they was like, yo, we didn't, you know, we wasn't making our music for, for, to get signed. We wasn't making that. So why you don't hustle? Why you never hustled your music? Why would, when, when the shit came about getting signed, that was the first thing they did. They lined up to get signed. Even if it meant, you know what I'm saying, compromising themselves. Nobody really took it to the streets and was going out to Trump. Nobody took the hustler mentality and was bagging up bundles of CDs. That happened out West. That happened in Houston. That happened in the South. That happened out West, but it didn't happen in the East. You know, we came around when 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 the mixtape thing started popping, and they they was giving that shit away for free. But the model had already been set. So, you know, I'm saying a lot to say that uh, in your particular region of the planet, y'all had your own ideas about how you was going to approach this particular expression that we collectively call hip-hop. Can you tell me how that came about? Yes, sir. That's a a wonderful breakdown because, you know, me seeing it from the West Coast perspective, I could give you a lot of our perspective. Me, and particularly from my eyes, me growing up, just being a youngster, we all started with the – I mean, let's just cut to the chase. Everything we looked for came straight from New York in the right. early 80s, you know what I'm saying, everything we wanted to uh, get into. And, you know, around the time we was breakdancing, doing our things, and and then got into the rapping, and the only thing that was really hot was getting the deal. 
everybody, that was the undertone of uh, hip-hop to get a deal. Now, I know it was because right. we was following y'all ways a lot of the bit, and y'all was surrounded by record companies. You know right. what I'm saying? Y'all had the company downtown. We didn't have none of that. And so a lot of the OGs, I mean, basically, I put it on too short. He just came out. They came out with uh, 75 Girls. That was like his first label, I think it was. Dangerous Music, it came after that. But first it was 75 Girls Records. Okay. And they, they would be on the corner just like everybody hustling, just like you said, except they didn't have that work. They had music. Uh, and I'm real young at this age. Sure, it probably got close to uh, 17 years on me or something. So I'm 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 like nine, ten. But they high schoolers, you know, popular, and they really just pushing music, just like you saying, regionally, not even tripping off the whole world. They just like, okay, we about to be the hottest right in this little area. But right. now we talking about late, I'm talking about 85, 86, when Short was pushing it like that. He started to develop a, a, a big following earlier on, and he was one of the first to break into the major label scene. And so you know, if you recall, he got signed to Jive Records probably yes. about 91, which started a wave. Okay, now the labels, they they coming out from New York, and they want to, you know, they starting to set up West Coast companies, Mm-hmm. And they looked at the Bay Area particularly for some artists. They weren't looking for no lyricists. They was looking for basically the Too Short template, the NWA template. Right. You know, this, this is the early nineties, yeah. So exactly. the wave that wave already started. Yeah, but now it was still certain independent cats out here doing their thing already. Like I wasn't dealing with E forty or nothing like that back then because I just was so so hip-hop, I just would be, my partners try to play it out, I'll turn that off, you know what I'm saying? But they was jucking hard. They from Vallejo. They was on Vallejo moving units, so many units that we was getting their music just in the hood in Oakland. Like, dang, who is these dudes from Vallejo? So at about the time after Josh signed Shortening, I guess they came back around. Uh, they came back around and picked up a few artists. Y'all probably can't recall them, but it was one named Pooh Man, who got signed to Jive about 92. I remember yeah. Pooh Man, yeah. Exactly. And then at the Pooh Man, something happened on the West Coast. I think it was the far side came out up out of L.A. or something, and they switched up and started looking for lyricists. Right. And that left the door open for us. I don't know if people familiar with the crew I'm from is hieroglyphics. That's right. So I go by casual, professionally. And one of the biggest things for us, me uh, going through my high school years, my homeboy Dale, Dale the Funky Homo Sapien, was Ice Cube's yes. cousin. Yes. You see what I'm saying? And so that was kind of like something we was banking on all in high school because he had been right. going down to L.A. <laughs> yeah, doing demos with Cube. Yeah. And it was really a Cube little group, and they was like, Cube was already on. So we like, so they, he had promised Dale, like, okay, when, I, when I'm out, I'm putting you out. Don't even trip. I'm going to get you a deal. And Dale did the same thing for us. He was like, Cube said he's going to give me a deal. When I get a deal, I'm giving y'all a deal. And, you know, that's that's what it was. But it was kind of real because Ice Cube was Ice Cube. I never had got to meet him in them younger years. I know I'm going a little bit far beyond what we were talking about, the independent stuff, but it's still one story. Uh, you know, I, I never really got to meet him that much. In the first initial days, when my mom wouldn't even let me go down to L.A. to record right. music. That's how early they was doing it. But Dale yeah, right. was instrumental 
on their staff. And, you know, it just developed into a, a one big thing to what we all wanted to get assigned to Jive. And then got being dropped in 1996, I got dropped in 96. That forced me back into the independent game. Because, you know, back at that time, let's keep it real, it was a – it was a stigma to have got dropped. You was yeah. over. Nobody yeah. had ever really hit the ground running like we did. We all lost our deals in the same year. We kind of like did it on purpose. If you wanted to really, I mean, I'm just going to go in on it because you got to yeah, remember yeah, yeah. about, not, yeah, about 95, 96, it was Jive Records, late artists who started the uh, rebellion against the industry. It was KRS. It was Q-Tip and them, because Q-Tip set it off when he said uh, record industry rule number 4,008. And I remember when when Karis revolted. You know what I'm saying? I remember when yeah. Tip revolted. Exactly. With Tip and KRS was our uh, they was our leaders. They was our label mates. And, and, and they yeah, was, people people might not know, right? But Jive, um, they were a South African label, correct? Uh, I think what's the guy's name? Jive, Jive Clive, BMI. Clive, yeah. Yeah, Clive Davis was from South Africa or something like that. You might be right about that. It was Clive. Oh, okay, so, yeah. This was in Clive. Okay, so Clive was at Jive at this particular time. Yeah, a lot of people. I was okay. I was back there with a lot of old people. I had the uh, honor of meeting Chris Lighty back then. He was working radio yeah, with me. Violator, right. Exactly, and so this was back really in the in, in the grid of it. But anyway, they okay. dropped. The, Hold on, can, can I ask ahead. you one question? Was Jungle Brothers on job too? Uh, no, nah, I don't. They might if they was. It was before I came, so I can't tell. But I think they was on somebody else's label. Actually, I never met them through Jive. Yeah. I met them through dealing with uh, Native Tongues, but not yeah. as label mates. So it might right. have been because because right later on at Jive, um, when I bring Red on, Red was working there. Uh, 745 Broadway Street, I believe, with Jive and J Records at that time when he was with Polo Grounds with with Pitbull. I remember going to a meeting with the president of Jive, and he was telling Pitbull, look, sign up. We're going to sign you to a 10-year plan to make you a superstar. And I lived to see that shit happen, like, you know what I'm saying? And this was when I think the last person that Jive was banking on, but they knew they wasn't going to – um be able to make the run with was R. Kelly. You know what I'm saying? That's when he started getting into his issues and things of that nature. And, um, you know, we go into this whole story about Clive Davis and when Clive Davis was commissioned by the CIA through a Harvard think tank, they created a white paper in the 70s that they gave to Clive Davis about how to take over, quote-unquote, black music. And, um, you know, he initiated that particular plan blow for blow. And I only bring that up to show people that strategically they kind of was already for you know they was they was prepared for hip hop. They didn't know it was they didn't know it was coming. They didn't know where it came from, but they was already campaigning against silencing a revolutionary voice in the music. Mm. Okay, and he was already given the blueprint about how to do that. They told him, "You let the first album get out, you know what I'm saying, and then on the second album." You start changing the production and messing with the artists. You know, was was that your experience at job? 
somewhat, uh, you know, we our rebellion happened between in my intermission between my first and second album. But oh, what I could tell you some stories. Uh, you know, first of all, it's just a setup. Everybody knows it's a setup, but they ain't never had nobody work through the intricacies of the set intricacies of the setup. And I'm, it's, I guess it's gonna be my second book called High Road. I'll probably have that done next year about this time. But uh, talking about what you just mentioned, I remember first and foremost. I'm on Jive Records, so they cutting the check and they paying for the studio time. Get to a point where they mandate, so to speak, that I use their studios just by over-suggestion. So now they're cutting the check back to themselves. Oh, right. then they, oh, well, why don't you also use our master, and we got the best master, Well, they did have the best master. So now for uh, for uh, recording and mixing and mastering, I'm using the same studios. Well, this means that your masters, which they own anyway, but it's your music. If you signed the deal and didn't get it right, they own your masters anyway. It don't matter. But seeing that they were housed in the in the corporate building, because it was all attached in one building uh, downtown New York, I remember it was like Battery Studios, Zamba, okay. and then Jive in one building. Yeah. So they really Zamba. There you go, Zamba. They the ones that are South Africans. Yeah, the Zamba okay. music. Yeah. Yeah, so they like going floor to floor, you know what I'm saying? Well, well, one day, Clive himself, I guess he must have been high or something. He must have said, I'm tired of sitting up in this uh, corporate office. I'm going down to the studio and about to remix some Souls and Mysteries. <laughs> hey, so he went in there himself. I'm talking about the big man we talking about in, downstairs into the studio and put a different mix on one of, uh, it wasn't one of my songs. I'm re- in my memory, it was one of the Souls of Mystery songs. But right. not only that, which is so outright and out of pocket, they charged it back. When we was uh, out of wow. them, they charged that session back to us. So wow. talking about, you know what I'm saying, the type of stuff they will get in there and do, now, let's get it twisted. If I had a, a, a proper capitalist mind and I was willing to do what I, what they thought I was willing to do, they offered me opportunities. They did give me opportunities to be one of those dudes that you see on TV right now probably ain't got too much respect for. But they're also, you know what I'm saying, it's something about the art, the struggle artists have when, you, when, when art meets commerce. When business right. meets artistry, you got something's going to give. I heard this said by somebody else, so I'm just repeating yeah, it because it's how I learned. Something's going to give, right? Exactly, and, and a lot of the time inside of these big dollars, oh, the capitalism don't give. They're going to eat you up, chew you out, so you're going to start giving and changing your music and doing a whole lot of things to conform. You know what I'm saying? Now they they offer me those opportunities to conform. I was offered. I was dumb. I was young, and I wish this is one thing I regretted. They offered me to write a song for Will Smith back in the day. Uh, right. And it was around the time they was looking for Rocky. You think about it. Wasn't Rocky on job or am I wrong? No, he was on another label. But they wound up getting him to write, write uh, certain songs for him. And I think one of the songs turned out to be Summertime, if I'm not incorrect. You know what I'm saying? And so when I think back on some of the opportunities that was in my face, I was like, dang, I was stupid. But at the same time, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I got to learn. I got to be a, a, somewhat of an example for uh, other independent artists of what to do after having bad interactions with major labels, and, and it turns out cool. You know what I'm saying? Right now, 
Oakland recently. And like I said, outside of Brooklyn, outside of New York for that matter, there haven't been too many places that I visited on this map that remind me of old school New York. You understand? That grit, that grime, you know, that feeling of that, that street corner hustler that's still alive and permeating, you know, as somebody who comes from Oakland, and I would imagine because of your age, you were old enough or maybe cognizant enough at that time to see the transference of a revolutionary spirit that controlled the streets that kind of fell away to a quote-unquote street hustler spirit that kind of dominated and took over. I'm not saying that from personal experience. I saw that on the movie Panther. Mm-hmm. You know, but I noticed how it played out in the music. And we were speaking about hip hop being a reflection of society, you know what I'm saying? A social indicator where the streets are at that particular time. Um, can you speak on that? Were you old enough to be exposed to the revolutionary spirit of Oakland? Is it something that got sidetracked by the hustler spirit of Oakland? You know? How do both coincide on the same block? That's a good, very good question. Uh, right now, I'm 40 years old, so I was born in 1974, and you know, my okay. mom being a protective mom, yeah, she, I was probably in the house to the early 80s, 82. You know what I'm saying? So really, by the time I start surfacing, it was already like I come out to the remnants of of great blackness, you know what I'm saying? I come out and maybe it still remains right there on MacArthur, uh, the Uhuru House is yes. a, a, a spot that's been there since like the 70s or what have you. And it, it was a lot more active in those times, but now, you you know, they're selling bags right next to the Uhuru House at about the time I'm coming up. You see what I'm saying? Yes, so we've, we've seen a direct conflict. Uh, a direct conflict uh, between the two, you know, the two factions. And now that we, you know, in hindsight, we see what it was. We know about the COINTELPROS and the influence. Uh, they were given the negative element, you know what I'm saying, to prevail over the positive element. But uh, we didn't, everybody wasn't knowing that. we They was just living it, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? It used to be so crazy, man. And I, now this is what I, this about the time I'm coming up, I remember stuff that, like, you know, because I'm trying to be, like, I wasn't really, I, I don't have no criminal record. My mom was just, just holding me down. So even when I was young, I was more not really Sharif because I had no knowledge, but I used to be like, y'all tripping. Y'all about to do that? I was one of them kids, you see what I'm saying? So right. I had some homies about the time when we surfacing, and the train used to run. I, I was from 82nd. The train used to stop in, like, 69th Village, but it was stopped and be full of guns with the uh with the thing wide open. And it would do wow. this for um uh, yeah, for some months, so many months to where everybody in the town like right knew the train was gonna be coming and and that's how you go get things. And I used to be like, Oh, hell no. And and, and New York Right. And New York used to be the white truck. You know what I'm saying? It would be this white, this big ass white truck. And the shit would stop, and then they would open the back up and disappear, and the white truck would be sitting there with nothing but gats in the back. Exactly. You see what I'm saying? And so it's probably around the same time period, too, because it was the same boys upstairs pulling off the same uh, number on our community. So it was probably about uh, 83, 84, and I'm remembering about this time. But anyway, 
that is some of the uh, some of the not, and not to mention all the crap. I mean, this is our first time really seeing the dope thing, and these and all the trends, the negative trends that came in with the. Uh, with that crack ass was ridiculous, you know, all the knocking out of dope thing, uh, dope thing rentals, all these little slang terms where you, we really talk about the, our own gentrification. I'm talking about because these were homeowners and in the 80s and they're still struggling all the way up to 2000. And now they, I mean, you know, we helped corrupt our own communities in a sense. And we all know that, but we don't look at the, uh, the lasting effects of it. Because now in the hood, it'd be like one grandma still holding on, still got that house, that all that nefarious activity then took place throughout the 80s and the 90s, and now she's losing her house to these people who come in in 2000. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking from experience. I'm not just making up a fake scenario. So uh, it's, just, it's just crazy, man. Peace, hello? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, pardon me. I was speaking <laughs> I was speaking with the phone on mute. But I oh, said no. when we try that, when we attempt to keep it tall and have these conversations about the, the, the things that may have led to gentrification, there are people that throw up a block and say, why are you always trying to blame us? You know what I'm saying? This is all white folks doing. And I'm like, nah, B, I'm, I'm very cognizant of where I was at and what was going on when this stuff was going on. I remember the dollar brownstones, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And, and you can look at the trajectory of the places that are being gentrified. All of these were drug zones. There was drug war zones that nobody wanted to go to. But the minute Europeans came there, you know, the, 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 the motherfucking gunshots stopped. It ain't like they was washing them up. They disappeared. Mm-hmm. It's like they all chased like- them away. They walk through the ghetto with like a force field, invisible force with a field. Force field. Yeah. Exactly. You yeah. ain't you hood, you gangster, you out there, that white boy walked through, he ain't getting touched, he ain't getting, he ain't getting touched. I'm like, man, these dudes crazy. He ain't get touched. I don't care what time of night it was, because when I first started seeing them, it was in Best Eye two, three in the morning. And if you was melanated and you came around there with an unfamiliar face, they was trying to blow your face off. Mm-hmm. They wasn't even asking questions. They was hitting at you. Boom, boom, boom. These dudes was coming through on bikes with notepads in their back pocket. And I'm like, these are anthropologists. I'm not stupid. These are anthropologists. They just came from observing you in a controlled environment, you know, archaeologists researching mm-hmm. your bones and shit. And now they're over here looking to see what you're doing and 2007 and 2006. This is when I started seeing them pop up, you know, in 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 force and battalions in the hood. But only on the late night, you'll see them very early. You know what I'm saying? So then I'm like, like you said, like you know, they would have free reign, free walk. Like, oh no, nah, let them pass, let them through. They're good, huh? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think it's training, man. You know, but when I went I to when I went to Oakland. And I was in West Oakland, you know what I'm saying? And they showing me, they're like, yo, that's where Huey was at. You know, that's where Huey got murked. You know, that's where Pac was living. You know what I'm saying? And and I'm seeing they walking poodles by, <laughs> by the spot and everything. And I'm like, here too? And they're like, everywhere, B. Like, 
you know, it's, it's, it's totally, you know, now your, your, your city is still, you know, is very multicultural. And there are some quote-unquote racial dynamics that I saw in your city that I haven't seen anywhere else. Like I said, in Oakland, the Southeast Asian is like the Puerto Rican and Dominican is to us in New York. You can't tell them that they're not hip-hop. You can't even tell them that they're not black. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's certain uh, terms that we use in the hood that some people just endear themselves to, and they, you know, I know it happens over there, too, but, yeah, certain people, you know, that get it in. And I ain't mad because, really, when we uh, – sometimes people confuse American classism with race and – and then they get to, you know, thinking that you or what have you, just because they, they might be going through it like you, for instance, or what have you. But, you know, one thing you one thing I learned in the West Coast is one thing, we ain't as confrontational out here, one thing. Not saying that you just walk around letting people get away with stuff all the time, but it's something about it I notice when I come in, uh, out that way is, a little bit more heightened energy towards uh, direct conflict. And that ain't no insult or nothing. It's just something I learned. Like, you know, like y'all be in the face with it real like I'll be like, dang, why everybody so mad? You know what I'm saying? That's how I'll be thinking. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. And I don't mean to go off on a tangent or nothing, but no, uh, no, it, no. All, yeah, it all comes back to uh, uh, the same thing, you know what I mean? Our willingness to work, our willingness to protect our communities, our willingness to get down uh, for ourselves. And I'm talking about, in the instances we're talking about, where we're talking with no COINTELPRO is affecting what we're doing, you know what I'm saying? We, and then yet we in the midst of uh, battles, conflicts, and debates that uh, sometimes pit ourselves against each other so, I don't want to say violently because I don't even want to uh, put out the wrong energy, but you know what I mean. It's like it's almost mean. getting to an area where we still 2015 counterproductive along the same lines of everything we was just trying to describe, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, that that, that leads me to a perfect segue, you know what I'm saying? Because um, you will be participating in this upcoming debate. And we may have went around the block. We ain't really get to the middle of how, in fact, you quote-unquote, got here, but I think that we'll be able to revisit that question very shortly. But I do want to know, you know, as a participant, as somebody who is going into this debate, um, why did you see a need and a necessity to lend your voice to this uh, this growing chorus of what some people on the outside are looking in and saying, that's a, a voice of discontent, that's a voice of discord, while other people are saying, you know, that's a necessary conversation because we have to fine-tune, you know, this this particular collective voice. You know, if we want to be heard as one voice, you know, let's get the, 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 the murmuring and the whispered out and let's just collectively use this one voice. So as somebody as such as yourself to understand the power of the word, the power of voice, why did you feel it was necessary to lend your voice to this conversation? That's a good question. I also uh, feel like the power of the debate or the power of what Sinetta is doing uh, is, uh, is, 
it shouldn't be underestimated, and that is one of the principal reasons why I'm coming. Let me just break it down. After yes. witnessing uh, Nazi Yashavel and Sarah Sudan's debate, about, I think that was January 24th or sometime around that time. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, yeah. Around, well, I, I was inspired to, because I knew Nazi was coming with a lot of pseudo shit because I've been into criminology for a while. But honestly, to to inspire me to come up with 270 pages of research regarding mm. his claims, you see what I'm saying? That's powerful what Sonetta did right there. And, and wow. whether or not we, we thought that it was pseudo or what uh, what Nazi was doing and whether we thought he won or we, he lost, <clears throat> excuse me, it inspired uh, a particular execution propensity in myself to where I was like, nope. I ain't stopping, getting to the bottom of it, reading every book, every claim, every source, everything till I know them all off the back of my head, and then I was able to put it in a, a work that I'll also be dropping on February 8th, the day of the debate. It's called Magi, a handbook for the conscious community. And so particularly <laughs> some of the vilification of our ancestors that took place in this uh, degenerating discourse that we are calling debates. Really, let's keep it 100, though. Debate does, like I said, it means beat down. Everybody know that uh, etymologically. Debate comes from like debater uh, or something to beat down. So in the in the nature of discourse, that's what debate always is. But we cannot, you know, since the reason why we have rules to debate is because they can go awry. They they got uh, rules about logical fallacies. They got rules about uh, genetic fallacies. Or they got rules about ad hominems that show how weak your argument is if all you can do is throw out ad hominems, which simply means an, an attack on the man. And so now we're getting into a nature of a, uh, of a debate that is consists of all of the things that people who pre-established African or European, whatever style of debate you choose, we bar some things because we know it can go awry. You know what I'm saying? So we bar ad hominis. You don't attack man because don't nobody want to – this ain't no smack battle. And I'm not about to stand here. You see what I'm saying? With nobody, vice versa. No one wants to be subjected to that. This is the reason why we – Follow certain rules of even expecting our, our other people to be gentlemen, just our GP. I don't expect to have to explain to you, you know what I'm saying, how we should act. To, <laughs> I mean, I don't even want to go off on a tangent, you know what I'm saying, but like I said, it's just some things that we should, uh, we need to figure out, first of all, as men, because a lot of our behaviors just be out of pocket and disrespectful. And then now we accentuated, and so now we're kind of like acting like the kids or the youth or the people who were so-called relevant in this day and age. We right. we ain't doing nothing too much better than that. And the, right, the, 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 the teenagers that are, you know, controlling or, or you know, that, that are driving the cruise ship, which is hip-hop, you exactly. know what I'm saying, which, which pretty much sets the template for how the world is going to see us and replicate our actions. And, so, and in, in essence, the babies of, quote-unquote, in consciousness and of consciousness are looking at this particular venue, and they're getting their marching orders from this because some people are just coming into this, and they're like, well, how does one behave? 
how are you supposed to deal with your quote unquote brother? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And this is the only venue that they have to extract that from. Because that's where they see us performing in unison together. Because outside of that, somebody's dealing with their platform or somebody's dealing with their platform. But it seems that we only come together for debates. Well, again, I think that I think it's a beautiful thing if we could keep stay in our right mind and do it correct. And I I, I know we will. Like I I expect nothing less of us to get in there and get it down in some real old fashioned African style debating. It might get steamy, but it's just gonna be chill. You know, it's gonna be what it's gonna be. And I'm looking forward to it. Right. So you know, we kind of jumped ahead a little bit. Um, I did want to speak to you about the development of your consciousness. Um, you know what I'm saying? Out there, you know, the um, the adopting of the initial title, you know, for the fact that you were, as a group, call yourselves hieroglyphics, I would imagine that you've been into, you know, Kemet for, for a minute. You know what I'm saying? That was a torch that you've been carrying for a while. Uh, you mentioned Ice Cube earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, when y'all were coming down to Los Angeles and he was putting together that project, how much did his approach or his slant towards consciousness affect, you know, what will later on become your material as an artist? That's, all right. Honestly, Cube, uh, I'll start with that. Uh, Cube. Yeah, he affected me a lot, you know what I'm saying? He affected me a lot, but just to keep it 100, it was Dell. Dell was affecting me and Q. See, Dell was like the genius amongst us. Now, obviously, I didn't have no, I'm not perpetrating any close relationship with Q. I went down, met him one time at his house, but his influence went beyond uh, personally meeting him. You know what I'm saying? He was, you know, he was a gangster, quote unquote, and and Dale spending time with Cube, that affected him being our leader, quote unquote, and then him coming back with a, uh, you know, with the air of chilling with the lynch mob, you know what I'm saying? It, it affected right. everything. Now uh, I, I portray my, I mean, I'm just keeping 100. I didn't get into a lot of trouble, but I was not necessarily just all the way innocent. And when it came down to uh, Hiro or the crew, I was, you know, more on the wilder side, so to speak, you know what I'm saying? And so I was kind of lined up traditionally with what the type of music Cube put out. Like Gangsta Gangsta was one of the songs I used to go dumb to back when I was young. So, you know right. what I mean? So it it was one thing, but it it, it kind of like the uh, the relationship between Dale and Ice Cube, uh, if you could go listen to some of Ice Cube rhymes, a lot of them Dale was directly responsible for uh, you know what I'm saying, uh, to keep it real. And so some of the lyrical influences was going more uh, southern towards their direction, but then some of the making sure you keep your street or making sure you don't get too far out with it, that was a lot of uh, Ice Cube's influence over us, you know what I'm saying. And yes, the first yes. thing, I'm trying to uh, recall the first question. I'm sorry. I the first part of that question you asked me, but I apologize. No, no, no. It's all good. I just um was pretty much asking you about the overall influence of Cube. And, you know, um, 
oh, dealing with the, the, the term or the name hieroglyphics. Oh, you know your mother. Y'all delved into that early. And all of the things that you're talking about, right, mm-hmm. affected you, affected us. You understand? Mm-hmm. So while I'm here in New York City in the in the nineties, reading the source and listening, you know, looking at video music box and seeing Dell and seeing y'all and seeing the, the symbol more than anything, that symbol spoke to me for some reason. It just wanted me it, it, it compelled me to like research more. You feel me? Like it, it always seemed like there was something behind that. You're like, yo, I need to know more hmm. about what this is about. And we were we were surrounded by the information. We had access to some of the masters of it at that particular time. But we were more apt or quicker to listen to the music and get the message out of the music. So listening to to Dell always had my mind open enough to know that there was a different conversation taking place on the West Coast. So I know it wasn't marginalized just to one thing. And I was already smart enough. Like, we grew up in a household. It was me, Red, and A.A. Rashid, and we was listening like Cube was the Bible. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it wasn't for the ignorance. It was the fact that it was street consciousness. It was street knowledge. He was mixing the streets together with the information. He had Khaled on there. He was talking about Farrakhan and the nation. It was it was something that we could relate to. It was real, you know. And like I said, when we got to listening to hieroglyphics, it was lyrical, and y'all was dropping science coming from the West Coast. And it wasn't what people were trying to put into a box and say, you see that Ice-T, N.W.A., sort of lyricism, that's the, the range and the dexterity of what the West Coast has to offer. He's like, nah, it can't be. You know what I'm saying? It can't be. Yeah, Not only do they got their hustle intact, yeah, but I'm like, they, they they have versatility. I knew about Vallejo and, and the fact that E-40 was buying up real estate and sitting on the high, you know what I mean? Like I'm like, yo, these dudes is, is taking that bread and, and entre- you know, and capitalizing. Yeah. They some entrepreneurs. Ain't nobody talking about that on the East, on the East Coast in their music. Ain't nobody bossing up. So, yeah, we still, you know, go ahead. I'm sorry. Thank you again. Yeah, just, just that whole aspect of what we saw um, the streets of the Bay doing, as well as the fact that information could still survive next to that, you know, it it just gave it a whole different kind of aura. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, Honestly, starting out, uh, Dell thought of the name hieroglyphics, and he came up with the uh, he came up with the logo too. He just was on it like that, and really, we just heard it. And I thought it was clean. I'm like, hell yeah! You know what? We had a name before that. It was the Mad Circle. Now, if you go look through hip hop and go look at WC and Aladdin's first album, I think they was calling themselves the Mad Circle. I think they got that after that after us. They'll like to say it was a coincidence, but I know damn well. He went to L.A. one summer, came back. We ain't the mad circle no more. So I'm like, see, that's the type of influence I'm talking about. You feel me? I'm like, okay, so now we hieroglyphics, but that's how it worked out. Dale had a better one. 
So I'm like, it didn't have nothing to do with our studies or nothing we was into. We, I wasn't into Kimmy like that. But when he suggested the name, it obviously took us to Egypt. Uh, and I keep it 100. My first time I ever bought a Medunetta book, it was a week when it was E.A. Wallace Budge, an Egyptian hieroglyphics dictionary. I want to say it was 1991. It was probably like 93, 94. But it was really probably like 91 because I remember it was when Dale came hit us with that name. My first passion was like, I was like, ooh, we should, you know what I'm saying, all pick up an Egyptian name or something. But when I got the book, I got home. I really wasn't a student like that back then. I got home and looked at it. I was thoroughly intimidated. So, you know, I, I just sat it to the side. I still got that same book. I got newer copies of it, but I still got that same one. So, you know, we got a little bit. Now, you got to remember, we didn't uh, put out a group record to about 97. We all came out as solo artists. And so, on the first hieroglyphics record we did, we did, me and Tajay at least thought it was appropriate to somehow try to address Kimmy in some way, shape, form, or fashion. We didn't go too deep in on it, but we got a song called uh, One Life, One Love, where supposedly I was trying to act out being uh, Imhotep. He was Zosha, Zosha, you know what I'm saying, and blah, blah, blah. But it didn't, you know, it wasn't, we really... All we really did was just be ourselves and make sure we wasn't putting out no nonsense and no violence and focus on the lyrics. So in a sense, people started to consider us conscious, even though that we didn't, you know, we necessarily, that wasn't something we called ourselves. Now, if you want to go in how I really feel metaphysically, I feel like it's a divine appointment uh, for me to be coming up out of a group called Hieroglyphics, basically the art and everything I've been doing with my existence already pertaining to the Medunetra. I mean, you know what I'm saying, are uh, the divine words, or even as we would break it down in the Greek or the English, the hieroglyphics or the hieroglyphs, you know what I'm saying, it still says the same thing. Even with a mayor commemorated holiday in the city of Oakland, California, for doing 20 years of good business, you see, I get that right back to the comedic community because I named it Hyro Day because I'm thinking I can't name it Netter Day. I can't, and, and we, it's all intermingled. There's no way you can escape from it. And so that's why sometimes I get back and look like, man, right. maybe this was really what I'm supposed to do as far as now we get back to me uh, lending my voice to the stage. And, and let, exactly. let me go on record. Let me go on record, okay? So from since I had got to L.A., you know, based on my attire, based on how I was moving throughout the city, you know what I'm saying, when the G's would see me, They'd be like, yo, we seen you on YouTube, and then we'd be chopping it up and everything. They'd be like, yo, I think you need to um, take a trip out, you know, to the, to the north. You know what I'm saying? You might want to go to the bay and check the family up north. And I'm like, all right, I kept hearing it. I kept hearing it. You know what I'm saying? And my whiz started telling me, like, you need to go up north and, and you know what I'm saying, tap into that energy grid up there and see what's going on. You know, I think that, um, you know, that's more like your vibe than this L.A. thing. So I packs up, you know, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to go up north. And I just want, I just winged it, you know what I'm saying? I had some bread in my pocket. I kind of had somewhere to stay, you know, and some people I was in contact with was telling me about 
uh, first Fridays. They was telling me about the Ashland flea market and everything. So I'm just a venturer. I'm on the West Coast. I'm like, hey, fuck it. I mean, just, you know what I mean? I jumped on the um, on the Mega. The Mega broke down on the highway. <laughs> so, yeah, we got in there like 3, 4 in the morning. And I got all the way out there. We stopped in. You know, they dropped us off in West Oakland. I find out that I don't have my plastic on me. And I had short change in my pocket. All my money was on my card. So it was like 4.30. I found this out. I had jumped in a cab and told them to take me to the nearest um, motel. They took me to MacArthur. They dropped me off on a strip. I'm like, oh, yeah. Nah, you didn't want that. But keep, <laughs> keep going, though. They dropped me off on a strip, me. So I'm like, wow, I'm on a strip now, right? I already see what's going down. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, I hadn't been reminded of a set that reminded me of New York like that in a minute. I had been in in, in the hoods of L.A. 2, 3 in the morning, you know what I'm saying, and everything is cool. You know, I ran through the 60s and everything, but on Magatha, you know, they leaning on the whip. You can see the AK in the, in, the, in the gully and all of that. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, okay, this is different. Like, this feels like... Harlem in the nineties when they was really trapping. So yeah. I um I ended up not doing that. You know what I'm saying? I grabbed my stuff, I got up out of there and I waited till the morning came, got some money sent and set up shop somewhere else. Right? So mm-hmm. that weekend happened to be Hyrule weekend. So like I think I went down to Berkeley in the morning, you know what I'm saying? And that's where they was. I saw some flies and stuff like that. People was like, "Yo, it's Hyro." I linked up with some other people that I know out there, and everybody was just talking about, "Yo, Hyro Day, Hyro Day." You know, you're gonna see something that you've never seen. So my my anticipation for it was all the way up. Like I said, this is a group that I grew up on. So to me, it's like coming full circle, and the fact that um, you know, you brothers had so much respect in that city. I was like, yo, that's 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 what's up, you know what I'm saying? Because again, y'all represented a certain level of conversation. Exists too many places anymore, but here the city still goes honoring that conversation. You know? Yeah. And people are directing me to this place saying, Look, that's the conversation that you need to be involved with because it's progressive. So, you know, high road day comes, I go to the venue, it's down, it's right near West uh, Oakland, where they dropped the soft fat, right by the docks, right? So I get up in there, and I'm telling you, you know, I've been in hip-hop since, like I said, we was born into this thing. I've been a journalist for damn near 15 years, so I just haven't attended functions as a fan of the culture and participant of the music, but I've done it as a journalist. I've been all over the place. I haven't been flown out to events. I didn't traverse the entire map up and down going to events. I had never in my life been to an event that exemplified the spirit of hip hop, right? Like Hyrule Day. About from one end to the next family, if y'all listening, they had like three stages set up. I had got such a plethora of different but new musical vibes walking out. Of, I'm talking about they was blazing up everywhere. It was free. They had vendors 
set up everywhere. Everybody was clicking, doing crazy business. Like, this was the envy of, of all hustlers and vendors because you, if you had your shit set up and you just <laughs> was in that environment seeing it pop like that, I'm like, God, damn, they moving product. Hold on, let me yeah. open up Red Line. Yeah. You know? And I'm like, yeah. man, this is just love. Like, people are showing nothing but love. Like, everybody rolling up. Like, yo, you trying to trying to blaze you? It was just crazy, B. And and then the finale came when y'all performed on that grand stage, man. And just the energy of the people packed into that venue. Like, safety wasn't a concern. In New York City, you would have seen a thousand police. Yeah. Family. The police present was not, it was none of that. It was just peace. It was family. And I had, you know, they already told me Oakland got this side and that side and you really seen the G's was rolling through there and everything, but everything, like I said, it was a hip-hop vibe that just maintained a level of calmness and peace. And there was liquor being served. Like I said, you know, everybody was, you know what I'm saying, lighting up. So all of those elements were there, but it was peaceful. It was super peaceful. And the vibes were just all the way up. As in, you can tell that it was just like a city commemorating their hometown heroes. And that shit brought me to tears because, I, like I said, I had never been someplace and seen it like that. I've been to Detroit with Eminem and didn't even see it like that. You know what I'm saying? And the fact that it was free, the fact that y'all allowed everybody to just come in there and participate in a function like that, and then you had all of these different artists rocking on separate stages, nobody clashing, you know what I'm saying? Okay, you want a little bit of this, it's over here. You want a little bit of that, it's over there. And the 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 artist was dumb nice. Like I, outside of New York, I hadn't heard lyrics like this. They reminded me of 90s hip-hop. Mm-hmm. I've seen Southeastern Asian females spitting. I'm talking about razors. I'm like, oh, what is this? Yeah, I remember her. Yeah, she was spit, and she, you know, she was not bad on the eyes either. I'm like, look at this, <laughs> and I'm like, yo, like this is just amazing, cause you know what I'm saying, like just experiencing something like that that you didn't even anticipate. I'm just, I'm here, I am, you know what I'm saying, being introduced to a whole new form, a whole new movement, a whole new uh, energy of hip hop. Damn near 40 years in. So I want to salute you, my brother, because like I said, you know, I I explained to you earlier, that kind of just started, uh, uh, you know, that moved me to to one thing, to do another thing, to do another thing, to led to another thing, you know what I'm saying? So that kind of became the engine that, that fueled that particular trip. That was the energy that I was moving on since I was there, and I made a lot of good connections and, even um, later on, coming back to South Los Angeles, I was able to run into the brother Planet Asia and meet him and just understand that he was just an extension of what I just saw in North California. You know what I'm saying? So this yeah, kind of sure. like helped round out and shape my whole mind, my idea. And then he exposed me to a rap scene in Southern Los Angeles. It was like the knit and grit of what hip hop used to be in terms of like us going to the tunnel and just. You know, niggas just getting on the stage and just spitting raw lyricism. You know what I'm saying? 
performance, dexterity, the whole vibe. It's in Los Angeles, family. There's an underground hip-hop scene out there that's burgeoning and don't have nothing to do with gangster rap. So, yeah, man. Yeah, I'm glad you got to uh, witness that. It, I, it was actually a thrill for me to hear you say that you had been there because I was going to try to describe what we try to give uh, the community out in Oakland. You know what I'm saying? Bro, I witnessed it. Yeah. I witnessed it live and direct. I, I, I went to the front of the crowd, like, you know what I'm saying? I had to get all of that energy in, like, yo, this is crazy, B. Like, why is nobody experiencing this from where I'm from? I can't even explain it to them. So it was one of those moments, like, I got to catalog this in, in, in my eyes. So when they hook me up to the screen in the future and they get some of these experiences that I'm talking about, they can see it in HD. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was, it was to me, it was that real because, like I said, I just, it was a, a level of love that we just, we don't experience anymore in hip-hop. Hip-hop has unfortunately, you know, been commercialized back east. And it's industry, so the vibe be all off when you go to these events. Dudes be all dorky. You know, they've got positions of power because, again, like I said, it's industry, and that shit is about who they can bend and twist. It's not about earning your spot anymore. You know what I'm saying? So it's full of weirdos, man. But what I experienced out, out west, especially in Oakland, is that there's it's still connected to the streets. Like you can still get touched. You know, the streets can, can, can reach out and touch you right there. Everything is relative. You're not going to, you're not going to be on no Hollywood shit. And that's the element. You know what I'm saying? The element is the city. And when I tell you family that, you know, we inside fashion and stuff like that. So I take notice of places that I go, you know what I'm saying? What's, what's the fashion of the city? You probably much, pretty much could be able to get the vibe of the people and there's only two things that people in Oakland is into. Hieroglyphic merchandise, hiero merch, and sports teams. They either wear hiero merch or they wear sports teams. That's it. That's the only thing that I've seen, you know? Shout out to Oaklandia. Yeah. So, yeah, shout out to the Chaos Network in the Merck Park with um, Brother Ben. And the good life underground scene, I had no idea about that until I got to Los Angeles. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, man. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, it's a wonderful thing. Last year, no, this year, this last year, September the 3rd, we did 22,147 uh, people through the clickers. You know, whatever, you know what I'm saying? Free event wow. without one occurrence for the third year in a row and we we've been and so I mean to keep it one hundred, we was getting emails from the mayor asking her, uh, asking us to tweet out stuff about about her re election after her wrote that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it felt good. It felt good to uh right. to do something in the city that I was born and raised in. I mean I always been on it though. I've been working at youth centers. That's how I know all the youth really like, you know what I'm saying? So it is what it is. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So, you know, to the youth, to the streets, to yourself, what does it mean to now, you know, actively involve yourself in the quote-unquote conscious circuit, you know what I'm saying, in, in the realm of 
your experiences because you've seen a lot. You've been around the world. Okay? Mm-hmm. What does this mean? Uh, it means a lot. It means a lot to me personally and uh, publicly it means a lot as well. Uh, personally, I felt a long time that I had a, a a voice that I was not necessarily using in the right way. You know what I'm saying? I was drawn deep into my studies about uh, not as long, coming up on 10 years ago, and to the point where my wife was like, didn't see no point of me studying so much or what have you. And I, I wasn't actively engaging in what we call the conscious community community. Uh, uh, you know, YouTube did a lot to spread uh, what was what has been going on nationally uh, with, with guys like ourselves, like-minded people, you know, around. And, and Sonetta did another good job at that uh, of helping uh, uh, unite, you know what I'm saying, whether you consider us united or not. At least we know each other, you know what I'm saying, the characters of, the so-called, the so-called community, the people who are bringing forth information and, you know, disseminating information uh, have been somewhat brought, you know, brought together. And I feel that that right there is a strong thing and a good thing. And, you know, I don't, I, sometimes I just start feeling like I'm just rambling on, so I cut myself off. I don't want to make you cut me off. You know what I'm saying? You said what now? Really? I said sometimes I feel like I'm just rambling on, so I, I wouldn't want to make you cut me off. I just oh nah nah, you flowing brother. This is real. This is this is your testimony. This is you know what I'm saying. You're speaking from the heart, man. So I don't I don't want it to be perfectly edited and manicured. We know how the family gets, and and that's what makes this platform unique. You know what I'm saying. This is where people come and bear their soul. Yeah, well, you know, real. I mean, getting up there, really primarily, if don't nobody know, I'm really just coming for, uh, I, I, I consider, I specialize in Medunetta, and a few people want to challenge that. They want to, uh, they say we don't know what we're talking about, and it's kind of disheartening because, first of all, primarily I'm doing my work to correct the uh, pseudo claims of the Egyptologists, those who went into our uh, ancestors annals and, and came back with uh, erroneous translations and pseudo information. But in, instead of trying to get behind what we're doing and qualifying that work, uh, we meet our first challenges amongst our peers who, you know, I guess it's going to be somewhat of a public peer review of, excuse me, of my prowess at, uh, and our prowess. You got to remember it was Kimmy on trial. I know it's kind of developing into a, uh, seem like a, a personal thing between certain people, but coming on trial and with that in mind, I felt good to step forward when I was contacted by Brother Reggie uh, and to see if I wanted to participate in the debate. So uh, I'm humble. You know, I know that these brothers could bring forth a lot of good information. I know they are wise men and they're going to try their best to uh, prevail that day. So I'm just going to do what I can to Take advantage of being on that world stage. No doubt. No doubt. Like you said, in terms of the information um, being corrected, you know, you're speaking of the hieroglyphs, you're speaking of 
the translations and the interpretations that have been lingering for many years and people have been running with them, you know what I'm saying, without them being scrutinized, mm-hmm. things of that nature. And, you know, we speak about the great work that have been done by our ancestors, uh, Dr. John Henry Clark and Dr. Ben and Ivan Van Sertima and all of the legends, you know. Um, do you feel that there's a continuance of that work? Do you feel that there's a need to expound upon that work? Um, you know, is 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 hip-hop the perfect platform, you know, to continue the build in regards Definitely. to that work that's being done? Yeah, uh, hip-hop is one of the biggest, best platform scholarship to have because it's open, it wants to learn. You know, hip-hop is a, a good platform for that. When we talk about building on the work of our elders and our ancestors, I could give you, when it comes to the squad, when we talk about Amara squad work, specifically I represent the Magi, Vanguard, and Kimmy. But I like, we deal with primary sources and primary information, and so prime Strictly, to cut to the chase, we could say it was Dr. Ben who told us all the uh, Sixth Dynasty tomb of Ankhmahor had the first uh, testament to circumcision in Egypt before Abraham was born. If we look in his book, uh, Black Man and the Now, I think we see see that in there. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I think it's in uh, We the Black Jews. Uh, yeah, I think it's in We the Black Jews now. He didn't offer a, a translation in there. But uh, I recently said, okay, well, since he, he broke it down, he showed me where it's at. And I, maybe I can add and try to build on the elder's work and see if I could put forth a translation of the glyphs that's next to the text. So I'm offering that uh, in my book, Magi, as well. I also made uh, translations public in a video I did uh, on my YouTube channel, Smash Rockwell on YouTube, and I write at uh, rapguide.wordpress. A lot of the articles that will be in my book are uh, public already because, like you said, we just give out the information, but I do got a good 100 pages of new information. And strictly a lot of the information I'll be revealing at the debate uh, pertaining to uh, some of the pseudo-claims that came up out of Egyptology. No. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think that's amazing, bro. You know what I'm saying? Now, how is the support of this particular endeavor coming from your compatriots, from people in your group, you know, from your fan base? Oh, uh, you know, it was wonderful, actually. And I've been separating game a little bit. Like, uh, I don't, uh, you know, when I promote, Sometimes I don't just feed everything to them, but as it develops further, I've been, you know, doing updates with, uh, and people follow my Twitter, some of my fans, so they kind of like, no, I've been studying for the, you know, for a while and publicly putting out information. It's been somewhat well-received, and, you know, some people, you got to keep it 100. A lot of the uh, people who buy music and come out to this stuff ain't traditionally the they don't necessarily share the views uh, that a lot of us share inside the conscious community. So right. I would put uh, videos up like I put up some pan Af- uh, a pan Africanism uh, pan Africanism video with uh, Kwame Ture and uh, like who was talking on that video? 
Marcus Garvey Jr. and I think it was Kwame Ture, if I'm not uh, wrong. And, and I was getting a negative response on my YouTube channel. Uh, not like I give a care about that, but it was some, uh, you know, some of the basically like, oh, casual, you're helping to uh, spread racism. And I'm like, wow, okay, see. Now we know when you separate your monetary supporters from uh, the people who you intend to communicate with, some of these be. 10, 12, 13-year-old kids uh, who don't understand what's going on who might support my artistic career. They might buy one of my records. And so I'm trying to wait. I mean, I waited long enough for it to merge naturally. Like, I can't force nothing I'm doing on on my people, but I wait till my uh, information merges with my artistry in a way to where I don't sound forced. And I kind of feel like I'm at that point right now. I mean, I don't really concern with I'd rather be an author right now than a rapper, so I'm not being concerned with trying to record another album or nothing, but you know what I'm saying? Uh, that's just where I am with it, so to speak. You know what I mean? Okay. That's what's up. Yeah. That's definitely what's up. I mean, you know, yeah, everybody's not going to be on that train, but I still think that you have a wonderful opportunity to create a new lane. You know, your range can reach as far as your mind can conceive in regards to, you know, people that have, you know, haven't even yet heard of what it is that you're going to present or what you're presenting or those that probably know you, you know, from your quote-unquote past career, you know what I'm saying, but now have the opportunity to expand their minds, you know, with what you're offering. I I know for a fact that, um, you know, some of these contributions that we make to the family, to the community, you know, some of these things catch on 10 years later. Mm-hmm. People grow with it. You know, sometimes they don't catch it and they seize too. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But you're archiving, you're, you're putting something into the catalogs of, of history that transcends time. You know, you're like you said, you're, you're writing. You know what I'm saying? You're, you're putting books out. So this has a life of its own. Yeah. I think... Uh, at one point, I used to be like, man, there's too many rappers. Then I, sw- I switched my philosophy. Like, you know what? I, as I got more mature, I felt everybody should rap. That's uh, right. I feel the same way. Yeah, I feel the same way about being an author. It's not every single one of us has a story to tell. Everybody got, got a story to tell. Exactly. We all got some information that's unique to our existence, qualify us as being an author by putting out two, three hundred pages, you know what I'm saying? So that's one thing I always do. So that's February 8th. I'm going to drop that. I, I want to get some out sooner. Actually, uh, I could tell the listeners you could get a pre order. You could pre order that if you want to help support. You know, we got these manufacturing costs. Y'all know how pre order helps. It helps the author, help the artist with their manufacturing expenses before it drops. It's dropping though February 8th, but you can find a, uh, a link to pre order it on my Magi. Uh, no, I'm sorry. It's uh, rapguy.wordpress.com. Uh, you right. Can, yeah, it's on there. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Brother Red. Peace, peace. Peace. Absolutely. Peace, Brother Jonathan. Salute, brother. I've been listening to the show 
uh, my line. It took a while for it to open up, but um, you definitely are sparking my mind. I'm right there in Oakland with you. You know what I'm saying? Uh, like the brother Blue yeah. was saying, we've been a fan of the work of the music. The music is part of our, you know, uh, and it's just it's 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 almost like a home. It's it's a crowning experience to see that you're honored to be a part of the community and to add on and to bring your expertise and things of that nature. It's almost as if that's like, um, you know, it means a lot to brothers and sisters in the community who are an extension of, you know, uh, the hip-hop generation because it's like, wow, you know, the the, the, the industry is listening, the, the artists are listening to the point where they're part of the community, and that's impactful, you know what I mean? Um one of the one of the things that I talk about is the power to influence the influential. And Dr. Ben, uh, John Henry Clark, Brother Anconet, uh, the Amin Ra Squad, Brother Sarah Suicetti, I'm assuming that those brothers were very influential to you as well in your studies and things of that nature. Oh, definitely. Uh, I just wound up on the Amin Ra Squad. I was just a, a listener, like you said, and and there's a lot of other uh, people in the industry that I could testify to just sitting back listening and don't really have the will to or the information to participate, uh, but they listening. But, uh, well, you know. Yeah. Well, and and um, I don't mean to cut your wisdom, but go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. Right I, I can continue. Go ahead. I, I like to call myself a visionary. Um, I'm doing a little bit of research, and it's showing me about it's breaking down the whole thing about the uh DNA and the and the uh quantum physics. So it's explaining to me that, you know, sometimes we speak from our future self and our and our and our present day self catches up to it. Like we might make prophecy on wax. You know, we might write a rhyme and oh you know, and and, and years later the rhyme wasn't that heavy when you wrote it because it was out of time. It was out of its time sequence. But years later, when you revisit your work, you're like, damn, I was in the DeLorean that night. My shit is so 2020, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah, the vision that I, Huh? No, I was agreeing with you. No doubt. And I'm having a vision, a real strong vision about, you know, where this community is headed and where it's going and what it's going to look like in the future. As I study my past now, as I've been studying my past, I started getting into the groups. I, I'm doing a, um, a documentary called The 100-Year Dynasty, and it's dealing with the roaring 20s all the way up into 2020 and the impact of the uh, leaders, the teachers, the um, the messengers and the prophets that came in the, in that era, most notably uh, Noah Drew Ali, Elijah Muhammad, and our brother Marcus Mosaic Garvey, right? And as I'm interview as I'm as I'm doing the research and I'm digging in and whatnot, I'm seeing the influence of the streets when consciousness in the streets met when they when they had that that moment of you know. That uh, when they met in the re- you know what do they call that in the residential uh, research? Get the term in a minute. I don't want to state the wrong term, but it's almost like a moment where things take place. So when I studied, in like the 70s and things of that nature, when I studied in the 30s, 
in, in the 40s, when you had brothers in the Nation of Islam coming out of the streets, when you had brothers in the Nation of Islam coming out of the dope game, when you had brothers in the Nation of Islam coming out of prison, like our beloved brother Malcolm X, whose house we visited uh, this weekend in Boston, um, there's this activating principle because these brothers who come out of this culture, of the street culture, you know, it's so many different metaphysical and even comedic terms that I could go ahead and use, but it's basically going through the underworld in order to come up. You know, it's, it's, I, I like to say it's the caterpillar and the butterfly theory that, you know, the caterpillar crawls on its belly eating dirt for years. You feel what I'm saying? And then it goes into the darkness. It goes into a cocoon. It immerses itself in the darkness, in the underworld, and it dies. And when it comes back to life, when it rebirths, when it when it transforms itself, it's now a butterfly who's very bright. The aura, the, the, the light is bright. It's flying. It'll no longer eat dirt anymore. It might not even fuck with the caterpillars. It'll tell the caterpillar, catch up to me, turn into a butterfly, and we'll fly together again. But there's no way I could go back to eating dirt. <laughs> you know. So when you look at some of our most illustrious speakers, some of our most powerful speakers in our in our in, in this 100 year lineage, and I'm, I'm I know even before that, you have brothers who have a familiar thread. They have a familiar backstory. Many of them came out of the street culture. Some of them came out of jail. Some of them came out of gangs and things of that nature. And you know when they got into the studies, there's just this powerful impact that they brought to it. So the vision that I'm beginning to have because my travels in the streets are showing me that not only are people who would you who look like they, they, they fall under this category of conscious, even though there's no look to it anymore, I'm getting stopped by brothers and sisters in the street that I would never think was watching the YouTubes or I would never think was on the information. You know, and it seems as if now we're entering that same period that I've been studying before that has been repeating itself, like when Larry Hoover and all of them in Chicago decided that they wanted to infuse consciousness in their movement with Jeff Fort, and then it became El Rukin and the Black Peace Stones and all of that. And then when the original Bloods and Crips came together and they infused street knowledge with the streets and things like that, or when the gods in New York, the God, the nation of gods on earth, were from the streets. These were street brothers. Or even more more famously, when our brother, our beloved brother, Africa Bambada, brought all of the warring gangs, all of the different gangs of New York together and formed the Zulu nation, it birthed hip-hop. Okay, it helped birth hip hop, and then uh, you know the gym that came out of that was what we know as hip hop. The whole culture, not just rap. So I'm seeing it again. I'm like, yo, the industry is watching, the streets is watching, the scholars is waking up. You know what I mean? The colleges are watching. It's almost like a smart how we moment with the under the underworld and the upper world or the lower and the upper are coming together, and I feel like that event that you brothers are doing, that great gathering in Oakland, like you have a blueprint that I feel like is going to be exported or infused into something that we do when we all come together and celebrate ourselves for being here and for being awake. That's something that hasn't been done yet, but I, I see it very you know, clear. Like I see it in 3D. You know what? We could uh, talk directly about that blueprint. It ain't a secret and where we got it from. And, and we need to have more of these economic discussions as well. Uh, we oh, you already know. 
Yeah, we six weeks. Well, let me give you a, a precursor to it. I don't know if you know, but it's about when we got dry, we start selling music on the Internet. That's like 96, 97. If you do the history, you'll find out we were selling music on the Internet before iTunes and before Napster. But we were selling. Wow. What, what, what our biggest problem was, we had never thought we'd start selling other, other people's music. We only wanted to sell right. our own music. So right. that was actually a pitfall. If you get up to uh, modern day times uh, where we got this uh, our opportunity having a commemorated holiday, we figure, okay, first and foremost, we're going to follow one of the uh, templates of the Internet. If you notice at a certain time in the Internet, every site that you would uh, try to sign up for, would, you, they would, you would have to pay to sign up. At a certain time, I guess it was probably like 2004 was, or 5, they started coming out with a lot of free sites. That was Web 2.0. Pardon me? Yeah, well, exactly. Whenever that, was, that hit, all the free sites started coming out because people had learned that you can get money from the advertise more money from the advertisements just by having your membership and your numbers up. That's right. It's called, free, it's called it's a free economy. We kind of like, pardon me? It's called the free economy, that, that theory that they all use. It's the, called the free economy where everything is free. But, you know, the free companies, which are Google, YouTube, Facebook, they're all billion-dollar, multi-billion-dollar companies, but they follow the formula of the free economy. Well, exactly. I didn't know the uh, the name for it. Now I know. Well, we said, okay, we're going to take that template and realize that I'll bring it into real life. I know we ain't the first to do that either, but – Instead of charging people for our, instead of charging people for our day, we say, okay, we're gonna have our holiday be free, so That's that right. first and foremost we can get our numbers up. Our numbers be real good. It's gonna be a good impression on the city, and secondly, it's gonna be a, 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 a great impression on the corporations or anybody seeking to be down with the grassroots, a hundred percent genuine grassroots movement, hundred percent authentic, and that is our power right there when we uh. Well, if we can muster or bring the people together, whether we don't charge, we don't put the penny, or we don't charge the people, but we charge the people who want access, or the companies who want access to those people. Access to the now, people. Now, let's keep it clear. Yeah. Pardon me? No, I'm saying that's facts. That's how you do it. Oh, yeah, exactly. And so in, in the nature of the type of, type of stuff we're doing, we want to uh, make sure, okay, hey, we don't want nobody no no bad companies involved. We don't want to know. Uh, we, last year, I think we had GoPro. Oh, well, I know we had GoPro. They actually uh, sponsored a feature, there, and you can even see footage of Hyro Day on some GoPro commercials that they show on uh, on airplanes. Uh, we had Pandora, the radio station, who we probably won't have them again because after learning the nature of dealing with them, but basically a lot, of, and also uh, we need to uh, speak about crowdfunding because crowdfunding was also a big element in, in, in being able to pull off a free event like that and bankroll it on the people at their at their own discretion. Uh, you know, Brother we would Jonathan, get donations. Yeah. I just spoke about that on Sonetta's show tonight. That's how I know we're on this wavelength. I just spoke about that. A brother called in talking about, um, you know, our economic plan. And I, I said, brother, you know, we – and this is what I spoke about in Boston this week, and I was like, there's so much stuff that's out there that we're not picking up. 
but crowdfunding will be able, like if we funded a project every week, if once we get these networks to come together, picture if we were able to fund one project, I don't care if it's a $100,000 project or a $1,000 project, but one project a week to get everybody who's involved in that project started. And we could do it simply with the numbers that we have. Like the solution is in our hands. But yeah, you you definitely on it, brother. No, you you're hundred percent correct. Uh, you know, it's it's something we need to first is I think people who have projects that they need funded and don't understand crowdfunding. Us as a people, we first got this stigma like uh, we're begging, or like we is gonna look at be looked at as dishonorable to uh you know to be posting your links to raise some. To do a fundraiser for something you want to pull off, like we got, we got yeah. this uh, negative stuff. But if we could kill that little false ego about ourselves, if you need the funding, you need the funding. Either you're gonna sit back and prevent yourself from getting it, or you're gonna get some type of support from like-minded people. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm I go, I'm, I'm a modest person. I go funded a lot of stuff. You can go look through my history, and people, it's all public, the public ledger. So you can That's go look right there and see fact. whether it works exactly whether it works or not. You know what I'm saying? And, and how many people donated? Some people could choose to be anonymous if they want to, or what have you. But back to the whole point of it, we have these ideas, we have these projects, and one of the main things that hold us back is startup capital. We got great ideas. Everybody, you probably got a homie around the corner with a million dollar idea, but the startup capital. Uh, sometimes prevents us to getting taking that first step. So we can entertain crowdfunding, you know what I'm saying, and break through some of the negative stigmas. The one of the best ways to break through a negative stigma is getting your thing funded, because it put it back into everybody, all the armchair skeptics who sit back and just click on your donation link just to see how much more money you, you got. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? You can bust their head by funding your project. And and so Back. that is the that's the fight, you know. So that's the fight. And now uh, I mean I gotta go fund me up for Magi Research Fund for my debate for people for so that one I would not have to put the burden a hundred percent on polite and sonetta for me to even speak because there's, there's people out there who want me to speak. So I'm like okay, simply I'm and now I mean you know I put it up for an arbitrary amount, but uh, for my supporters and I like to say I'm so thankful. We probably are like. Uh, 2.5k right now from supporters in the conscious community who want me to do good at the debate. You see what I'm saying? Right. So if I didn't have the humility to even bring forward that link, if I just wanted to kick back and act all bossy, then hey, it probably wouldn't happen. But putting it out there, I at least got a, a beginning of monetary support to help me uh, with right. my research. I mean, and and what's going to be needed is a um a coalescing of our resources. The fact that you're from Northern California, there are so many success stories that are running around out there who may not necessarily look like us, but are fans of hip hop. You know what I'm saying? So I think that we need to break down that, that, that stigma, that particular wall that, um, like you said, that this is something 
that deals with quote-unquote begging. No, this is how the economy of the new world is being formulated, all right? This is how the very same people that you criticize and call adversarial are putting their one-two thing together. You know, they come together and support one another, and that support has galvanized them into positions where they haven't been able to take these companies public and really cash out. So, you know, the only thing holding us back is us. You know what I'm saying? I mean, see, for real, uh, the difference is it's like a one-off on a, I mean, because the people who do, who who receive philanthropic uh, donations or what have you on the regular, if, I don't want to misphrase it, but on, that's, that's a foundation or, a, a, you know, the, 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 the. Ford Foundation. Something fun. Exactly. Exactly. We just is kind of like doing a, a, a one-off, so to speak. You ain't uh, 24-7-365 taking donations, off, so to speak. You got a project. You submit it to the people. They don't want to be down with it. They don't donate. But you're going to get support from real people because there's real people out there. So I don't encourage us to be discouraged. Excuse the bad wording. You know what I'm saying? I don't think we should. I mean, I encourage us to, you know what I'm saying, get into crowdfunding. All you got to do is go look at everybody who funded. Yo, I deal with it in hip-hop a little bit. I seen my homies, the Blue Scholars from Seattle, they was trying to get, like, 32 racks. They cashed out at, like, 92000 from their supporters. Or something wow. crazy, dude. Something really yeah. retarded crazy. And I was like, this is interesting. Oh, yeah. for sure. I mean, you know what I, I mean, like I, I mean, said, yeah. Red Red could come up north and, and give the family out there a dissertation in regards to the origins, the roots of that particular funding, that platform, because that represents a new form of commerce. It's a share economy. You know what I'm saying? It is the future. Mm-hmm. And we should not be left back in the future. You know, the family doesn't really understand the, the, the brunt force that, we have to incur by holding this thing up on our own. People are thinking that, you know, that the attention is the new currency. You know what I'm saying? They're they buying totally into what Chuck B is saying and thinking, oh, you know, if I tune in to Sarnetta, if I tune in to KTL, you know what I'm saying? That's support. And it's like, nah, not really, Holmes. Like, you know, that's you connecting to a wave, a vibration that's speaking to you. That's nourishment. That's your food but you should leave a tip when you eat, okay? Because when it comes to funding these particular endeavors, we have to bear the brunt of that. Shout out to the members of KTL who do who do know the difference, you know what I'm saying, and who have stepped forward and um, made, you know, who, yeah, who have alleviated a little bit of the pressure off of our shoulders so we can do what we do. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times I get stopped in the street and people be like, yo, keep banging, continue doing what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? We love what, we, what you're doing. We tuned in. And it's like, that's cool. But you know what I'm saying? At this particular, like, this is my job. And I might do this a few hours out of my day because I'm utilizing time to do my other jobs. I have businesses that I have to uphold. I got clients that I have to service and everything. But what was really there, I could do this 24 hours. They got 24-hour news cycles. Why don't we have something that's competitive in regards to that? 
You know, this stuff is continued. People will call you up every day, all day to get the inside scoop on something, but won't support you putting together a vehicle where everybody can benefit from a 24-hour news cycle. The information don't stop. The decoding don't stop. They don't keep, they won't, they won't stop throwing things at you. So if you want a vehicle that's always there, you know what I'm saying, to unravel and unwind that, why not support? So, yeah, you know, this this particular year is going to be about crowdfunding. You know, we're going to get on the road and go state to state and see where the people are at because we definitely know that we have solutions. We definitely know that we have what the people need. You know what I mean? But are the people willing to support their own, their own, you know what I'm saying, uh, their own yeah. solutions, their own, you know what I mean? Like, Cause somebody, somebody, I can give it, on, yeah, I can give it to you, but what you gonna do with it? But yeah, put exactly. right in front and of your face, like, uh, uh, can you grasp it? Fact. So, so I a show today when we were there, and they asked us, "What is our economic solution?" And I was like, you know, we answered it, and then the last question I said is, "What is your economic solution for us?" You know, what is the what is the community's economic plan or what are your economic uh in solution to what it is that you see the different media outlets doing like what do you propose that you guys want to help out because as you can see like brother jonathan said whatever something that it does it's very efficient okay it's very effective it does what it's supposed to do you know what i mean whatever brother rich does at the underground railroad baba tv uh you know, uh, Know the Ledge TV, Know the Ledge Media, I'm in Raw Squad, all of these platforms that are doing the work, whatever it is that they're doing, they're doing it without a budget, and they're doing it very well, and they're penetrating, and they're, they're engaging the world. Yeah. It's effective around the world at this point. So if that could be done, if, if they've been if they've proven themselves to be true entrepreneurs, true startups, true uh, social entrepreneurs, just, just true, just God, just, you know, you got to have At a time, to, yeah, when the main issue is media, the main issue is media, You're, the people are being beat down yeah. by propaganda. You can't trust nothing or nobody that they're putting in front of you because they have ways to flip them. So media is the issue. Information is the information age, but you can't trust every flow of information. Some of that water might be tap water. We're giving you alkaline, and you don't want to pay for it. So you got to really question the people at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? What do they really value in society? You know what I'm saying? What do they really want out of this thing? Where do they see themselves? In what position? Do they believe that they can actually come up out of this and do for self? And doing for self starts here. Because you're doing for somebody that's doing for you that don't even know you. That's love. So, yeah. you know. Uh, you know what? I heard y'all, uh, one of y'all in the cryptocurrency, I wonder why the community ain't on cryptocurrency. And I'm not talking about uh, day trading or nothing. So I'm just talking about strictly why does not the majority of us don't even know what cryptocurrency is. Don't even know. Brother brother Jonathan, can I just share another vision with you? Mm-hmm. And this will be for the family 
and dealing with the cryptocurrency just to show the family what the power of it, what it is that you just, the quest, the power of the question that you just asked. Now, we all have paper dollars. We all have fiat and things like that. You know, some people got $10,000 under the mattress right now, 100 racks in a bank. Some people are sitting on a few M's. Now, having that money is cool, but when we're talking about nation building and we're talking about spending the money in a circle, it's not that cool because you can't really account for how a person spends those dollars if they're not in the, in, in the currency that's yours. It's only at, at that point, it's only trust. I trust that you said that when you spend your $10,000, it's all going to black owned or it's all going amongst the circle. You're only going to spend it in the community. Now, the flip side of that, because we put out prayers, we put out uh, uh, wishes, we put all of this information out. Our great scholars come and write books to remind us of what we were doing on things of that nature. Now, Solutions drop out of the sky. They materialize, and your and your some of your prayers get answered. But if you're not in a certain field of information, if you're not if you're not receiving, if you're not drinking from a certain well, you have no idea that it's sitting right there waiting for you to claim it. Now, if we took our money and created a hero coin family, what he was talking about with cryptocurrency is a digital form of currency that you can adapt and program as your own. You could go with the most famous uh, form of cryptocurrency that is Bitcoin, but Bitcoin is, is, is all a software program, so it's all programmable and it's all customizable. Source, right? You can make Sineta coins or you could make Hyro coins, or you could do KTL coins. Now, if I buy $10,000 worth of coins, or if I buy 100 racks worth of the Bitcoins, and then I and then all of the black, all of the conscious businesses, all of the people who come to the Hyro shows, all of the brothers and sisters who have businesses on Sonata TV and things of that nature, they accept that coin, we've created a new currency. And this is how we... this. Hello? I'm I'm here. Yeah. Did we lose us? Yeah, he he his line just he started bending cords and shit like that. You know, he swallowed him oh. up. <laughs> well yeah. uh he's he, he, he 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 he's all he the way in it, yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Uh if for people who don't understand what cryptocurrency is or Bitcoin is, just like he was explaining, it's just a digital currency. Uh, we already we already use uh, PayPal, PayPal and, uh, right. and uh, you know Bank of America pay, online yeah. or whatever you use. Exactly. Well, this is a decentralized uh, digital currency which enables us to. It's crypto, just mean cryptographic by the nature of encryption they use. It enables us to access the same platforms all of these uh, financial banking institutions are a similar platform that all these financial banking institutions use to send value digitally through uh, computers. You know what I'm saying, basically, but it, it freed it up. It, by it being decentralized, meaning we don't have to go through any governing authority when exchanging uh, these large amounts of value, and so let's, if we just stick typically to, I mean, to the traditional Bitcoin, uh, you know, it, uh, it was used for a lot of nefarious reasons in, in, in the beginning because simply because you could do what you wanted with it. 
You know, I know y'all know. No, the I mean, let's let's not just say simply. It's it's just because you know that particular element always seems to have a drop on the use of technology first because they are always thinking in advance. Unfortunately, you know what I'm saying. I mean, <laughs> but you know what but I mean. Nothing they like, did was enough to get the U.S. government to uh to discredit the uh, usefulness of the technology. So instead of uh passing laws against it. They was like, hey, no, Bitcoin has a future, and they start copping Bitcoin, the U.S. government. Exactly. After confiscating, yes. Exactly. After confiscating. So they're one of the biggest holders right now. So it's really not, as far as that cryptocurrency is concerned, it ain't the best one. But I was trying to, I'm, let me go back a little bit because I was trying to explain what it was a little bit to people. Uh, we talked earlier about uh, uh the donation site, GoFundMe, somewhat being a public ledger. Well, not really, but you can really go look and see who donated what, and, and that's what I mean, but you can't see where it's spent. Where in in the sense, uh, cryptocurrencies are a real public ledger, meaning you can go into what they have called a block explorer, uh, and we'll talk about that in a minute, and you can look at every single transaction made over the whole entire network. You won't know who the people are, because it's anonymous, but you can uh, you can track every transaction made in the coin. Now, a block right. explorer is simply talking about uh, a block is a, is basically a block of coins. The coins are generated in a system called mining, and the mining, and the genius yes. yeah the genius the genius who created uh, this concept he had an idea to equate coin production with. Uh, with actual gold mining, so he made wow. a computer. He made a computer little platform for every uh, every single uh, step of mining gold. So, for instance, if me, if if us three, we were down in a gold mine right now that we're mining, and now we all three have a pickaxe. Well, the digital pickaxe inside of cryptocurrency is called hash rate. Your hash rate. And so now we all got different amounts of strength and different speeds, different endurance. So we start swinging our axe. And I'm swinging, chopping away so much rock at such an amount of time, and you doing a different rate and your brother doing a different rate. This is our hash rate. You see what I'm saying? And now what, what, what he did, the block of gold is equated, or the rock that's in front of the gold is basically a mathematical algorithm that our computers lend a processing power to the coin network in order to solve the problem. Now, if you solve, if your computer solves the problem, you get the block reward. Now, the block reward is a block of coins, and they choose, each different cryptocurrency choose how much that block reward is. So say now, so, so, so we can see how the physical process of, of actually mining turned into a digital process is kind of like ingenious. So so now I said we all swinging our arms, so that's our hash rates. Now your hash rate is determined by how fast your computer can actually figure out this mathematical equation or this algorithm. It has to do a mathematical process called hashing. Hashing is taking large sums of numbers. You probably I don't even know the name, but I mean it'd be like. 70 zeros behind them, you know what I'm saying? And, mm -hmm. and hashing it down to a four or five or six, uh, you know, a really small number, basically, uh, by by just doing certain type of equations I couldn't even figure out. Well, anyway, 
that's mining. So really to bring coins into existence, what I'm trying to say to, in a nutshell is you don't spend no money, so to speak. It depends on which that's... type of coin you're mining. If you want to mine Bitcoin right now, you're going to be spending money because the difficulty of our how fast your, your hash rate would have to be in order to solve, or the difficulty means how difficult the algorithm is or how difficult the uh, equation is in order for you to be able to get to a piece of gold or to a block of coins. Coins, So the difficulty on Bitcoin is so high right now that it's worthless. It's not productive for anyone to try to mine Bitcoin. It's going to take you like a year and a day to get a a fraction of a coin because the difficulty is so high. Your computer, you need a supercomputer to do it. Now, I heard you mentioned Hyrule coin. That's actually something we're trying to bring into fruition. Uh, I've been working for a year on redesigning a, 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 a a split of Litecoin into our own cryptocurrency that could be useful uh, for the for independent artists who it's designed for is really here to substitute for our barter system because I know people ain't going to hop out the gate and put a lot of coin down for nothing, but I want people to, okay, when somebody comes to you for artistic services or work or what have you, if they do not have a monetary, we'd be doing it anyway. And, and instead of just doing it on GP, we will require of them some form of this cryptocurrency that they can simply get by running their computer for a few days. You see what I'm saying? And mm. that, that's my plan, uh, but but it, all of us need one, and we basically should just look into cryptocurrency. Well, oh, yeah. hold on. You know I got the... Uh, yeah, that, that bomb. Oh, you know, I got... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know I'm sorry, Yeah, brother, we got a lot to talk about, you know what I'm saying? I definitely see they don't call you the Magi for no reason. So, you know, we got a lot to talk about. Absolutely. But yeah, family, the future is here, you know. Yes, indeed. Let's do this now. Let's, um, because these hands is up, you feel me? Yeah, I got the people woke. Let's hit these phone lines and then. See what we got in store behind the wall. Let's do it. All right. Let's go to our first caller. Five on no, but of course. All right. Well, now I think this is your number, correct? Oh, yeah, that was not my bad. That was my other number. Yeah, I mean, yeah, 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 no doubt. I never heard that line we, up. <laughs> yeah, we still got some hands up. Um, I'm sure we got some West Coast family in the building. Nonetheless, Get his studio a second. Yeah, I need a supercomputer right about now. Yeah, man. I mean, even when I first when I first got up on the cryptos, it was real. I mean, I'm just going until you tell me when you're ready. Just cut me off. But I'm yeah. just talking. To, yeah. When no, I no, no. Yeah. On, yeah. When I first got up on the cryptos, I, I learned about Bitcoin at seventy-seven dollars. I know a lot of people learned of it at a real, real lower price. A lot of the rich millionaires was getting it at thirty cents, but I got to watch it uh, with my uh, with my wife, and I watched it from seventy seven dollars to four hundred and seventy seven, and I said, "Baby, I just sit and watch this go from seventy seven dollars to." I'm like, "Man, we could have been rich if I would have just." And so I hopped on it at four seventy seven, and I could prove it. Anybody could go look at a Bitcoin chart. I think that was like 
February. Uh, it might have been around February last year when it was. It might have. I don't know. Uh, anyway, I sat on that thing until that day when it hit like twelve hundred. You see what I'm saying? That was the big, the most one coin went for in the craze of people learning about uh, Bitcoin. And so some people take to it wrong, and you think about uh, flipping it in a day or two, and they might get in when the number too high and might not have had a good experience with uh, with the cryptocurrency trying to t- turn a fast buck. But I had to, I sat at least, it was like eight months, and, and, and right before Christmas, Every, it started going uh, real hot, and it just pl- it fell back down to like six hundred. But I I got to get up out of there at about twelve hundred. So I mean, you know, just don't. I didn't do nothing like no balling stuff. I just got a little bit in order to a chance to learn what right. cryptocurrency was all about. All right, you still you still have opportunity to play. So exactly. you're 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 talking from experience. You're not talking from you know, research and conjecture, you actually put your foot in there and, and you reap the reward. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, definitely. All right. So let's uh let's go to the phone line and see what the family got to say. All right. Let's go to caller from the 804-484. caller. Peace. Welcome to No Ledge. Peace, peace. I um, hit you up earlier, man, but y'all got into something deeper, way deeper, so it's all good. You know what I mean? I'm just here listening right now. You know what I mean? Okay, no doubt you have any questions, comments, or concerns? Uh, Not at all, bro. Based on what you've heard thus far? You pretty much cover everything. You know what I mean? I'm just sitting and observing. You know what I mean? Right now, it's nothing that I I, want to refute or... You know, speak on. I'm, I'm like I'm said. I'm listening, man. And and how you question things, you know what I mean. You pretty much cover everything anyway. So that's just you, Blue. That's how you do it. So you know, indeed, it's all love. Good you know things, what I mean? bro. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Peace, peace. All right, let's take it to Philly. All right, we on the turnpike right now. Call us in the two one five six zero nine. Two one five six zero nine. Peace, peace, peace. Can you hear me? Absolutely, you in the building. Ah, good evening, gentlemen. Uh, peace to y'all, man. Peace Greetings. to the triple OG. I mean, as y'all know, I'm from Philly, and hip hop is my life it's in my DNA. And I was, you know, I'm I'm from Philly, so you know, this is like one of the homes of the of the gangster rap. But I was raised on. West Coast rap. You know, I knew who Cube was before I knew who PSK was. You feel me? And, you know, I was, right, I was right. a butt listening to MC8 and, you know, all the cats, E40, all that. So what the brother's saying is definitely resonate with me. I'm I'm going to keep it short because I'm playing Uno with my Wiz and she doesn't really understand the Tuesday and Friday thing that I do. <laughs> so happy right. life, happy life, right? But this is this is what I, I, I want to ask the brother. Um, and as you guys were talking about, you know, prophecy and things coming together in divine time, you know, I've been writing and producing and ghostwriting for forever, but I never really did my own project. And, you know, as I told you earlier, I'm coming up this weekend to initiate that process. And uh, I'm kind of crowdfunding, but I'm not asking for money. I'm asking for talent. So I want to know if the brother would be willing to commit. I know he doesn't rap anymore, but, you know, 
some some spoken words, a little passage from his new book, a skit, four bars, something. But I want to know if I can, you know, include him on that project if he's willing and able. Oh, I can't commit right now. I definitely will not commit right now, but I would be open to listening to what you got and, and taking it to the uh, to the, the conversation to the proper arena. You feel me? Uh, I don't yes, know. It yes, could sir. be. It could be. I never even heard it yet. So, but I'm always open to working. I still got bars. You know what I'm saying? I just <laughs> think so. It, I'd rather be like I said. I've been focusing on uh, being an author. So, and you know, and that's. Honestly, that's still something I do. So I'll get you my lines, and maybe we could you could let me hear what you got going on, and then we can go from there. You feel me? Absolutely. And, you know, I'm I'm cooking it up slow, yeah. you know, like Big Mama Gumbo. I mean, I'm come not on, B. You normally don't call in here without some cook-up, man. I, <laughs> I, I know I'm you got something. Right now, I mean, I can, okay, okay. I can drop something. I can drop something light, you know. Some real like some some old old 2004, but I was told if you don't work, you don't eat, and I was six back then, and I've been trying to get rich since back then, back when. You really didn't understand what the trap meant. That's why I never drive snitch. That's a trap, so I keep it moving. Never seen behind them black tents. I keep my hat bent, eyes wide. Large coffee and a cup holder for search of those dollars that we lust over. And I've been playing low key, but ask around all the OGs, no e. Last of a dying breed. Make him say, I concede. Horace murder, I and C. Survival of the fittest at its best. And if you can't learn to adapt, they blow you off the map. And whatever your hood stricken with crack, you wonder why these kids live and die for these stacks. Huh? <laughs> light work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the light work. You know, that's, that, that's, that's the old me. The new me, I'm I'm somewhere else where the pills will tell you. Well, you know, I'm not going to take this one time, man. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. I'm gonna let that thing fly. I'm gonna let that thing fly, nonetheless. My page is Appreciate public. You. Uh, my name Jonathan Owens, bro. Uh, get at me on Facebook. Just tell me who you is. We'll talk about it. Gotcha. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate love you. All right. Phil, I'm up here this weekend, man. I'm up here this, this weekend. We going in. You already. All right. Peace. Peace. Let's go to the three three six three three six six nine five. We still mashing on the turnpike. Three three six. Peace. Peace, peace, brothers. Peace. Hey, I am Absolutely, live and direct. Going on. First and foremost, I want to say thank you. Um, I reached out on IG to the brother, and uh, matter of fact, I, I think I, I think he responded. Today or yesterday, I can't really remember. I'm not looking at it right now. But um, Brother Rich linked me with a brother, I can't think of his name, in Fayetteville. I'm originally from Brooklyn, New York, but I moved to NC maybe like three years ago for, you know, chasing the career. Okay. So I'm down here living, building my family and whatever. And I started to find myself and, you know, gain uh, knowledge yourself. So I just want to say, first and foremost, thank you for that. Um, thank you for the but the radio station is definitely a blessing to, to be able to to hear you guys. And, and I've been watching all the videos. I've seen, I seen Red with Planet Asia. I've seen both of y'all together. Oh, no, that was, yeah, that was me. That was blue. That, I, that was blue. My bad. My it's bad. all yeah, good, though, yeah. It was blue. You, you know, y'all twins, it's hard to, to, to distinguish Bruh. sometimes. Yeah, you know, I, I um, 
I, I've, I've been winning that all my life, so it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I just wanted to say, without matter of fact, um, I think it is blue because I'm not sure what was that red on the on the on the IG. Red, you don't have an IG, right? Yeah, you got an IG. L. Filthmore. Well, then it's it's blue. Who's the uh? The uh, forty-four, right? Yeah, yeah, blue pillar. Okay, well, I'm I'm Mercer Mercer MC One, man. Okay. I had hit you. Uh, yeah, I had hit you. So I just wanted to, you know, again, say thank you um, for everything y'all do. And I actually got a phone. It's crazy. I actually got a phone interview tomorrow. Like I said, I work for Tom Warner, so I'm in the technology game. Um, I I, I fix all the mainline cables, all the transport cables all the network stuff. Matter of fact, as we speak, I'm at work right now. I'm just sitting in the truck uh, mapping out my Man, job. I, I got a plug for you, bro. It's going to take what you do to the next level. You know what I'm saying? I'm not telling you to forsake anything that currently, you know what I'm saying, that uh, you're about to entertain. But just think about, you know, just think, just, just know in the back of your mind that the future is bright nonetheless. Oh, I got something oh, perfect. Definitely. Perfect. I, I actually, I actually got a phone interview tomorrow with HR, um, coming back to 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 Brooklyn. Actually, I, the position is the same thing I do now, but it's just in College Point, Queens. So, you know, coming back home would be the perfect time for me right now, being that I'm starting to find out, you know, what's really going on with myself, and um, okay. it's all starting to make sense. So. If you guys could, you know, just put your word on that, you know, make sure I, you know, I'm in the right path tomorrow when that that phone rings, that'd be great because I'm I'm definitely looking to come home. I'm missing all the great stuff. I'm looking to, I miss your brother's uh, lecture he had, and every time I get on YouTube, I get frustrated because I'm not there, you know, a person. It's like, damn, I'm missing yeah. everything. Trust so, me, bro. I, I came back from California because of the very same thing, you know. But um, you know, we got to start building these forums everywhere that we're at because, just like we need it, you know, almost everybody where they at, they need it. You know what I'm saying? And if we could just really, because you know, oftentimes people make the argument about how dead things is where they at, and the people ain't on this, and the people ain't on that. You know, if we look at this as the beginning of a new thing, you know what I'm saying? Like, a lot of things took place very recently to wake people up, to shake people up. You know what I'm saying? So there's a lot of people that are newborns at this particular point. You know what I'm saying? Just just getting up, you know, running into information on YouTube that they might not even necessarily be looking for. They're just running into it. You know, there is, there is an awakening that's taking place, so... We need to raise the flag in as many venues, as many places as we can. I'm not telling you, you know, don't come home on account of that. But always look at your area as the next potential market for consciousness. You know what I'm saying? Always look at your coworkers or people that you're around, even if you can't see it right now. You know what I mean? Always look at them and be like, yo, they could be the next ones. You know what I'm saying? Honest information with something to offer or definitely, you know, with that appetite to get this info and do something else with it. You know, it's it's, it's going to be the family. It's going to be y'all. It's going to be, 
you know, the people out there that are responding to this information and to this wave that are going to be able to take it to that next level. Or no, no question. I was just thinking that before you picked up on the line, I was like, man, what if I'm supposed to stay down here and and, and be a contact, you know, for this area, for this Winston-Salem area? You know, because I haven't met anybody yet, but like I said, like you said, they out it there. can happen they anytime. Out there. Nah, you know, nah, they out there. One of the most, to me, one of the, like Brother, uh, Brother Jonathan was talking about mining, one of the biggest untapped minds of consciousness is North and South Carolina, but at the same time, the um, the prosperity and the boom that's taking place in the Carolinas is unprecedented. You know, Charlotte, Raleigh, Durham, um, and other places. So it's almost like it's a scattered community because you you won't imagine how many packages I ship out to the Carolinas or how many phone calls that we receive on the lines and things of that nature. So I don't, I, I feel like we need to get down there and do something big out there. So the brothers who have those um, brothers and sisters that follow them on their networks, they'll come out and then begin to converge. And then when the, when the city comes yeah. out, you know, we make it a networking event as well as a lecture, but it'll be like a social mixture or a networking event where everybody gets to meet each other from the town and then they could continue to have weekly because it's very important, you know, that the formulas that we followed out here in New York, you know, we, we apply that in other places if we want to resonate and, and get that energy up. And one of the main things that was done out here repetitively is that there was always something going on every week. There was a weekly class, if it's Monday or Wednesday in Brooklyn or Harlem, you know, then you had your weekend lectures, you know what I mean? Then you had people going viral that were on the streets or in the crib. That's another thing that the brothers should start doing, you know, get your ciphers together. It could be two or three of you, you know, you're you're in a different area and a different greatest history around you. It's all kind of things taking place. Yeah. It's, it's, it's Winston-Salem is a, yeah, I'm going to share something with it, you real quick. Winston-Salem is an industry, hold on, it's an industry town. Go ahead, go ahead. All right. I'm listening. Hello? Hold on. Hello? I think his line, his line might have dropped. But say what you were saying. Uh, if, if anybody, any listener, you from this area, Winston-Salem, I don't care. Reach out to me. I got an Instagram. It's Mercer, MT1. That stands for uh, my last name is Mercer, and MT is just maintenance tech. That's what I do. Uh, and the one is a level one. Um, but uh, just reach out to me. I got a Facebook. You might not be able to find me because I got my, my joint locked down on the low, low. Uh, but if you hit me on IG, I definitely find you, you know, on Facebook. Um, I got a Google account. That's just my name, Marcel Mercer. Anyone listening in Lexington, Thomasville, any surrounding areas, uh, just please find me and yeah. let's build because I'm, I'm definitely, yeah. I'm, my ears is open and I'm ready to, to, to take all the knowledge I can in. And, I, and I, that's all I'm pretty much just want to make aware to any listener. Don't, you know, don't be shy to reach out to me. Just please, I'm I'm begging you, just, you know, hit me with something. So I'm sorry, but get, I think uh, 
Is his line back up? Hello? No, his line dropped when Miles did. He's calling back in right now. That was just him on the other line. But I wanted to okay. tell the young brothers that Winston-Salem has a history of, quote-unquote, um, a so-called, you know, black industry. Like how they talk about Black Wall Street, there was black independent businesses in Winston-Salem that were major, major businesses. They had their own jitney service. They had their own cab service. You're talking about renowned men of stature that were prominent in those communities in the 1900s all the way to the 1920s and the 1930s. That's an industry town that was built on the back of tobacco rentals. Um, you know what I'm saying? The the, the rentals and the, um, you know, all of them dudes that started tying in um, – the, the 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 big tobacco industries and then they started tying in the power industries you know what I'm saying um, they had their own built-in type of situations in that town they controlled the energy they controlled the water you know what I'm saying it was like a city within a city the industries that they had built up and they kind of crushed what our ancestors were doing out there you know but that's where some very strong independent-minded Africans come from. So you might just want to research some of the history of that town, tap into that energy. Yeah, I, I, actually, yeah. I did. I kind of, I, I kind of went. I didn't go too deep, but I do kind of under know what you're talking about because I did do a little research, and I seen that they had Safeway Bus, which was like one of the first black-owned bus lines ever in America. Yeah. And so I, I kind of know what you're talking about because I, I did do my little research yeah. when I first got here. There's see, a, you yeah. know, what type There's of a brother named yeah. It's a brother named Coach Tyer. He's from that area. He's from Greensboro, that particular area. Um, Sister Myra's down there. I know Destiny Grind is out in Charlotte. You know what I'm saying? So there are people in that area, and that's the area that we used to populate when we was younger, when we was in the street doing something else. So we always had love for North Carolina, um, you know, just from connecting with those people. There were genuine people out there. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, yeah, we can never forget our NC family. Got major love. We need to get back down there. You know, all them, uh, them young goddesses that's up in uh, North Carolina, A&T, and Bennett. And <laughs> 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 yeah, we got we to gotta, we gotta put up, yeah, we got to put up a fight for that. We just can't let that go to the wayside. So, um. Let me open up Brother Jonathan's line. Call up from 510-610. Peace. All right. But look, I want you to holler at me because I got somebody that I need to put you in contact with that is like, you know, the Don Gargon of your field. You know what I'm saying? He could put you in a whole other stratosphere with some information dealing with that. And you won't even have to worry about them bringing you up here. You bring yourself. Okay? Okay. You How you want me to hit you? Just hit me on IG. Okay, that I right, word. That's what it is. All right. Appreciate it. I'm gonna keep locking, and I'm I ain't going nowhere. I'm just you know looking at oh, where my next sure. work route is. I, I, I'm listening, but I appreciate that. You already know, bro. Got you. Peace. Peace. Okay, brother Jonathan, you back? I'm right here. All right. All right. Give me one second. Waiting for the studio to calibrate. Mm-hmm. Okay, give me one second. 
And Red, you here, right? Your line is open. I see that. Yeah, I'm here. All right. Let's go to the caller from the 213-813-804. Give me one second. 213-804. Your line should be opening any minute now. Yeah, this retrograde something else, boy. Okay, the 404 opened up instead. 404-484. Hey, peace. Peace. Greetings. How you doing? Greetings. All is well My name yourself. is Angela. I'm well, thank you. Um, this is my first time listening to your show. I've watched you guys on YouTube. Wow. Uh, I just want to say thanks for all you're doing for our people. You really need it. Um, but I want to ask you guys a question. Why do you think it is? Because I went to see Dr. Sabi um, on Sunday, and yes. there was a good mix of men and women, and I and it was wonderful, fabulous. It did get started late, but outside of that, you know, it was an excellent Started lecture. late, yeah, I heard about that. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of ridiculous, as a matter of fact. I'm actually in school, and, yeah. you know, and I had an exam. I had to, like, rush home and try to get done before time because uh, I was expecting to be home a little earlier. But anyway, being a medical professional myself, I was really pleased to hear some of the things that was going on and that Dr. Sabi spoke about and how he's trying to help our people. Now, my question is, in general, I notice when I look at some of the lectures on YouTube and some of the lectures, a few lectures I've been to so far, have always been a bunch of men. What is it? Because in, in Atlanta... I mean, um, I've been here for 15 years, and these women down here really, really need some awakening. And some of us are waking up, but a lot of us are just like the housewives of Atlanta, uh, empire, scandal type of BS. And, you know, and I'm, I'm just yes. like, I don't Let know. Is there any hope? Right. There's, there's hope. I've been having this conversation online, and I can't wait public as well as on this forum as well. I think that when we when we coin something and we put a term on it, if we don't really understand what that term means, we're going to lock in the energy of that particular thing. For instance, we call this the quote-unquote conscious community, okay? Mm-hmm. If we're looking at the polarity of energy, right, the conscious is the male and the subconscious is the feminine. Conscious is awake, Subconscious is the dream state, right? And the subconscious, which is likened onto the womb, right? Triple state is the darkness. When you go to sleep, that's when you create. That's when you make new things. That's when you formulate what the future is going to be, the new thing. When you're awake in the conscious realm or the conscious state is when you act out the program. The program is the subconscious, 95% of your life. Conscious 5%. 5%. You understand? It even correlates to a law's mathematics, how they say where the 5% is. Yeah, but the other 95% is where the actual program comes from, okay? Just like society. Society is being dicta- dictated by the dominant society, 95% of the people. Then you have a percentage that, you know, thinks, acts, and feels a different way. But are they controlling society? Are they forwarding the concepts and and you know, the activities of society, some are, but not necessarily all are. So we need to focus on the subconscious community and bring this thing into balance 
meaning that we need to bring women in. We need to start hearing the voice of women. We need to start hearing the sentiments of women. I don't want to talk about what's going on with women. I want to hear from women what's going on with women. And then we can fan out and do what we can, you know what I'm saying, to address those things. Or we can have a conversation back and forth. But because we're just focused on the conscious aspect of things, which is a male aspect of things, we're not balancing out the overall conversation that needs to take place. That's based on my observation. I sat back and started studying the dynamics of creation and how you formulate a new thing, how do you bring a new reality into existence. And that's what I came up with based on my research. Okay. So... Everybody else is free to add on if you want. I'm listening, yes. Oh, did you want can I can I make just make one small point? Oh, absolutely, um, please, yes. I I was just I'm I'm wondering because as a, not only am I I'm a registered nurse, I've been a nurse for almost 10 years and but my entire life I've been exposed to um African spirituality um by way of the Caribbean because my parents, that's where my parents are from, and um, also learning about herbs. I mean, there's on my whole mother's side of the family, everybody's, like, very knowledgeable about herbs. So with that yes. said, I mean, what approach? Because I, I've always wanted to have something to say, and people always say, well, you should talk to the sisters, you, can, you should talk to the sisters. And I'm just like, well, I don't know if they're going to listen to me, you know what I'm saying, because some of the ones that I, you know, used to go and hang out Hello? I think we lost her. Uh-oh. Hello? Sister, you still here? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. You said I'm some still... of the ones you used to hang out with? Yeah, I was saying that. They on, they on real, they, they like, real housewives of Atlanta now? Right. But the thing about it is, is that you used to hang out know. with Peter and them? Okay. <laughs> I mean, we go out and have a good time or whatever. But, you know, I started like, I'm like, okay, I'm getting a little bit too old to be out here like this in my mind, and this was not my first time being conscious. I mean, my first awakening was I was like 22 years old, maybe earlier than that, you know. So it's just like every time I go into that environment, it always makes me feel uncomfortable. So I'm like, how do you reach that particular group of sisters that are just determined to, they'll start off natural, then throw a perm back in their hair because they they don't quote, unquote, feel comfortable or attractive. Um, they, and they just and you, they, they right. say, oh, I want to get out of church, and oh, they'll go back to church. And, like, I mean, yeah, like, like, like everything else. See what you're talking about, and what I'm talking about is almost the same thing. Because in your dynamic, there's a lack of magnetism that's going to draw those sisters outside of the thing that they want to pull away from. So they snap back. You know what I'm saying? Because yes. the attraction is stronger on that side. Now, if there was males on this side ready to receive them to make them, you know what I'm saying, to to make them feel accepted and to make them feel a certain way, like, look, you know, we know that the, the, the midpoint period between you going natural is kind of the rough one, but you're still beautiful. We're still here for you. You know what I'm saying? We know that uh, you're going to relapse trying to get off that meat, but we're not going to judge you. You know, this restaurant is still here. This food is still available. You know, so we got to build community in order for people to, like, fully come out of this whole concept of them being in Rome and doing, you know, as the Romans do when in Rome, you know, 
it, it requires a complete shift in one's mentality about who they are and where they are and how much bigger they are than the environment that dictates to them how much bigger it is than them. So that 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 has to be, you know what I'm saying? We have to structurally build something for the people to feel comfortable enough with themselves. Because at the end of the day, that's what it boils. That's what it all boils down to. Very they don't true. feel comfortable enough within themselves, and then their social dynamic is reinforcing how they all feel about themselves. So they like let's throw these drink backs, turn on this, you know what I'm saying? Turn on empire and just let it all loose. And you know, and those things are you know subconsciously programming them to to you know not go against the grain, but be with the grain. You know, this is how right. you can survive in Rome. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they even think I'm but I, I, I think now, that, yeah. I don't want to get into that whole scene you know, anymore and, and all that. I'd rather yeah, go to a lecture my, to the club. You know yeah, my thing is, like, you just got to find an area where you feel that you're strongest at. And that area for you should be, you know, juxtaposing Western medicine against what you know to be the quote unquote, you know, the real medicine, the herbs, the stuff that comes from the earth, Mother Earth, and just showing them, like, do you know that the stuff that they are um, assigning people in the medical industry are just plants with added chemicals? Why don't we just take the plant? You know what I'm saying? Right. It might be hard to, you know, explain to them the story of Dr. Sabi, but just as a point of interest, not necessarily selling them on Sabi, but selling them on the concept of, you know, this person did this, you know what I'm saying, and this stuff is somewhat proven, and, you know, this person has people that can vouch for them, and, you know, what if there's more than what we're being told? You know what I'm saying? You just plant those subtle seeds of interest in people's minds and you keep it moving and then you might revisit it later on when the situation presents itself. Perfect situation. You know, did you know that the medical establishment and doctors kill the most people in America? Why is that? (laughs) Yeah. What if, if, you know, what if these these quote-unquote drugs are not for us? You know, what if that's the, the medical mafia is the biggest gang in the country, you know? Right. Could it be some? I mean, but you got to find ways to have these conversations that don't necessarily take people out of their comfort zone. Because I've been in Atlanta and I've been on that scene, so I know what it is that keeps people collectively sedated in order to enjoy the party. You know what I'm saying? When you start waking people up from that party and they see that they're naked, you know, it gets kind of weird. Oh, yeah. Definitely. But, but thank you, know, you for your we, um, feedback. Yeah, I, we, I really we commission really you to continuously in meditation, asking your spirit what the best route is. We commission you to come forward with your voice at some point and speak. Start with your friends. And if you convert one, it's going to give you the courage to, like, you know what I'm saying, start chipping away on more of them. And then hopefully you'll come into the out of world and into the community and you'll start speaking to these younger women that need to hear from you. You understand? Because you're a professional. So they're more apt to hear what you got to say. Trust me. Okay. Okay? I appreciate that Thank very you. much. I appreciate your time. 
I'll have a blessed oh, for evening. Sure. Okay. Peace. Absolutely. Peace. Okay, family. We're gonna go to the uh two one three number. All right. Let's go to the two one three eight oh four. Two one three eight oh four. Peace. Yeah, what's up? Peace to the family and nations. Peace to Brother Joshua. What's up everybody? It's Buddha there on the line. Please, please. Listening in. I kind of came in about 30 minutes late into the show, so I don't know if the Brother Casual covered this in the beginning. But my question I wanted to know, um, Dale's connection with um, Divine Stouder and the um, 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 Divine Stouder and the Scheme Team, did that impact the hieroglyphic movement and was those two movements a mirror of each other within the Bay and within the Los Angeles Basin in terms of the abstract nature of the music and pushing the lyrics to um, a more of an intellectual um, approach to hip-hop from the West Coast um, as being the, the sort of the birth of MCs that was had the caliber of the East Coast lyricism and um, intellectual content to their verse. And um, I was going to leave it at that. Cool, because uh, Devon Styler was, him and Dale were good friends. But initially, we just developed simultaneously in different regions. I think he had a year, he might have came out a year before us. He might have came out in 1990. Dell's first thing was 1991. So he was like somewhat of an elder, but we did not know of him as we were in our uh, developmental stages, so to speak, uh, our earlier developmental stages. And so, but we looked up to him and Dell uh, wanted to meet him. I remember Dell wanting to meet Divine Styler and finally meeting and chilling and becoming friends with him. So, but you got if you recall, Devon Styler's crew was definitely lyrical, but they were also more like a dancing crew. Yeah, and the we team behind them was the dancing crew. Devon Styler was really the only lyricist. You're right about that. Yeah, and so we didn't have too much of that element in our crew. Everybody was an MC, and so uh, we still appreciated it. He was, he was a, a, you know, he was honorable, but. And him and Dale were very good friends, but uh, the influence was, you know, just moderate. All right, all right. Uh, no, I, was, I was trying to see if there was a vortex between the two camps that was tapped into, and that's basically kind of what you said. That energy was happening over there kind of around the same time because it exactly. seemed like they both came from that same abstract perspective of the art. And... They created MCs around them, like the hieroglyphics flourished off off of Dale and out of um, Divine Stylers movement. You got the whole Good Life movement and the underground movement in in Los Angeles with the Freestyle Fellowship, Volume Ten, um, the Heavyweight Crew, and all them cats um, coming out, Brothers from Another Planet, and um, Bigger B and Unity. And so I was just seeing seeing like that whole movement because back in the days it seemed like in the Bay Area, y'all were the only group of caliber MCs that were, like I said, they had that, that lyrical approach to the music that the East Coast had. And I was just trying to figure out where, in fact, how did that energy develop 
and, and, and just in two pockets. And the rest of Los Angeles or um, California really didn't have that 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 reverberation or energy. They they created a whole different vibe of of hip hop. It seemed to be antithetical to those two pockets of movements, and the energy to me seemed comfortable. So that's my nature of the question. I was yeah, it was um, the the, the um the complicity between the two movements, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah, it was comparable, and it was in the air. You know, consciousness sometimes is in the air, looking for a a vessel to manifest itself through. And you know, that's how that's some right. a lot of times these uh, movements get to resurge. Uh, you know, we see the youngsters right now walking around looking like we used to look. And we don't know how short some of these orbits are or how uh, close to some of our peers, some of the ideas may be. It might be sitting on my shoulder and it might be sitting on somebody else's shoulder, whoever access it and bring it out. I feel the same way about almost all ideas. Um, I think they're already written up in the atmosphere. We just access them, and that's how we can have phenomenons like two crews coming out on the exact same vibe close to the same time. Yo, word of my mother, let me mention something. When we was in Boston, right, read a cosign this, we met a a young lady who's the sister of the brother that brought us out there, Brother Arafat. His sister was named Latifah. She named herself Queen Latifah, and a week or two weeks later found out that there was a Queen Latifah in the tri-state, you know, New Jersey, New York area, almost with the same flow. Like, she played us some of her old music, same vibe, you feel me? Almost, like, down to the same look, the same flow, everything. How do you account for something like that? You feel me? Like, that's some wild-style shit. And hip-hop within itself proves the 100-monkey theorem you know, that there was, that was things that we were doing in New York that they were doing in Houston, they was doing in Georgia, they was doing it on the West Coast. You know, those tapes hadn't migrated yet. This was stuff that was instantaneous. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, that, it's, the, it's the ionosphere, you know, where all memory is, is, is cataloged and captured and we can tap into it and just bring these things down. Man, some people don't believe in that energy. Uh, like I said, you know, in my studies, I deal with primary text, but I got the text. I can show them when we was accessing the same hall of records in pyramid text. And so, really, people just don't do that information, and that's the type of stuff I like to bring forth in my work. Uh, it's not in my in the book right here, but I got some similar type of information to that. But yeah, I mean, you know, consciousness is alive. That's why and they say all things have consciousness. That's how sometimes you can put out a status on Facebook and be sitting there reading what people was thinking about your status if you're really in touch. But you know, they might sound crazy, but computers got consciousness too, you know? So Word up. Like, Damn sure Word too. Yo, another thing about the consciousness um, I wanted to ask, the other question is when is because I was down in Los Angeles at the time, part of the um, the Good Life movement and Brothers from Another Planet. Biggie B, the um, founder of Unity, was my manager back then, and I'm a group and all them things. So, question I wanted to ask y'all is when I was coming up as the hieroglyphics and the um, the gang banging, the thizzle push, and all the um, the slackness music was coming out on the West Coast. Did y'all have to defend your consciousness? Um, against that movement to where 
It made you more solid in your research and groundation because of the character and the caliber and the mentality that you had to stand against as a person that was coming into knowledge itself or having knowledge itself and growing with it. And then did, did that make you more rigorous in your pursuit and adherence to knowledge? Because I noticed that people that came out of that system and was able to keep knowledge itself, we're far more aggressive with our research and in defense of it because we had to, we had to, you know, I mean, you have to defend this in front of the crib and the blood, and that's a whole different <laughs> level well, of defending your, your consciousness. You had to defend it amongst the, the Bay Area gangsters and the pimp life and all them things. You understand what I'm saying? When I was kind of, yeah, I do. That was kind of like something I was touching on earlier when I was saying, uh, we not. I mean, it, it still go down, but we ain't that confrontational, uh, at least in Oakland. I mean, don't get it twisted. That don't mean nothing about the murder rate or nothing, and that's not nothing we're proud of. But the, the social uh, <laughs> means of communicating is less confrontational. So even when you come up, you might be on a completely different, Chill than somebody uh, else is on. Like you might walk up on a backpacker and they hundred percent gangsters, and that won't be anything to keep y'all from chilling or communicating. So that did not, it did not require I defended too much of anything. You know what I'm saying? A lot of my OG homies. I'm talking about real OG. Uh, right now with dreadlocks down to their buck back. You know what I'm saying? They uh, I'm walking up the hill while they gangsted out on the block, and I got uh, De La Soul twisties in my head, and instead of ridiculing me and being like you thought they would have, I didn't have to defend anything, more or less. They was like, yo, how you get those to stay? You see what I'm saying? They wanted to know how I was getting my uh, twisties to stay in with the beeswax. And so, you know, this is something that would be in my movie when the little fat boy is walking down the street and the gangsters are standing across the street and they stop him. They didn't stop me to ridicule me or nothing. They was actually kind of interested. And that's kind of like, you know, you got hoods where knuckleheads is, but that's kind of like the culture of Oakland, so to speak. People, If you wasn't bringing it, there ain't nobody unless you just find a bully. Ain't nobody just trying to really bring it to you like that unless, you know, it's forced on you. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that was a little difference then between the two communities. So that's good to know. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't, um, I didn't know LA, that. Part of it. LA way different than Oakland like that. We don't have. I mean, but when I'm coming up, gang banging wasn't cracking. You couldn't come in Oakland talking about you as a crip or blood. That wasn't happening. Oh no, you had a different gangster mode up there. I remember that, but I just know yeah. that on the West Coast, that gangster mentality is not just gang banging. It's a whole. That's why I mentioned, you know. Because I know y'all had to go, I don't know if y'all was going against him, but y'all was around the Mac Dre era and all that coming up right that after y'all was in the youth and the... That's and, different um, than what I'm speaking on, though. That's like the after effects of everything yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah, it started getting wild at that point, and even still, they didn't have to defend. Uh, I mean, Mac Dre was really, uh, I mean, he was from the Austin, so he know hip-hop, too. Think about it. Mr. F.A.B., was one of their champions of this. And so he was a backpacker, but he just kind of like rocked out with a different swag for a minute. So like I said, it's more intermingled than uh, you might, you know, like I could kick it with a Hebrew Israelite. And they call me from, and I, I represent Kemetic, uh, now Valley culture. It's not like 
nothing di- it's different out here a little bit, you know. Well, oh, that's good, man. Y'all need to come into the community, and y'all that 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 energy might spread more amongst the conscious community because a lot of times it, it gets a lot of confrontational because the brothers from L.A., New York, and um, Atlanta, and uh, these cities um, they got this big strife and beef between the the camps, and um, from you saying that you know. Hebrizolites and um, kinetic scientists could come through and, and build without the contentious, um, the contention in the atmosphere. That right there alone, um, that energy needs to come into the family of nations and I itself, because I've been trying to build on that by referring to everybody as just the family of nations so we can bring all these different nations into the format. And that's um, great energy to build on because every time I was in the Bay, I used to, um, I used to go up there um, quite a bit. And but I was up there back when we was doing other things. So the people I was around was into, you know, other type of liberty and whatnot. So I was more into that element and I never really got to see the sort of unity amongst people because I was just around the Jamaican crowd while we was doing our thing up there, then we sort of flash out the city after we got our food. So I didn't really get a full impression of that the uh, um the the culture to say I just got the what we was doing there and we were left if you understand flash up out of there and go back down yeah. south go and do our thing but anyway um this is it, real enlightening man to hear that 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 spirit is um alive and relevant and um it needs to come into the community and um if if if, if the pills wanted to um open the lines I'll stay on the line and build with y'all if if, if some building come in but. I really don't have any um, more questions. You cleared up both issues I was um, wanting to refer to in reference to West Coast hip hop. Thank you. Word up, and I think you probably need to do a whole show, man, on um, hip hop in the Bay, and do a breakdown on the development of hip hop in the Bay up into the um, the modern times, because I think that's a uh, a, a, a community and that's, a hip hop development that hasn't been that's a story that needs to be told, such, man. Or it hasn't been story that hasn't been narrated and provided any context for people to um, interface with. And from you coming on right now, I, I guarantee you there's people all across the nation that have a whole different appreciation for the mode of hip hop that came out of y'all camp. That's a good idea. A I remember your first, the single you dropped. It still bangs to me to this day. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Thank you. Yeah, man, for real. That's no, right. no, no joke on that. That's what's up. No <laughs> doubt. Let's go to another caller. You can stay with us, Buddha. Um, Word up. I'll stay with the time to chime in on our time in. Peace, peace. Yes, indeed. Right. Let's go to the 206. Two oh six nine one five two oh six caller. Welcome, peace. Yeah. Peace, y'all, peace, y'all. Just enjoying the show. Peace, Fanny. Uh, yeah, I want to thank y'all for even having stuff like this. Cause like the sister was saying earlier, we need this stuff. You know, every day we need some type of stuff like this going on. So I just want to thank y'all for having the uh, the show. I want to thank uh, Brother Jonathan Owens for being on it and uh, all the good things he's been doing uh, for the community and stuff. And I want to encourage people to go and uh, pre-order and get his book. I ain't uh, really heard nobody talk about it yet, but um, I think that's, you know, 
something that the community needs. Yeah, I appreciate you for giving me that shout out. Like I said, yeah. you know the pre the pre orders is uh, elemental because they help us with the uh, manufacturing costs. So I appreciate you for that. Mm-hmm. Indeed. But yeah, that's let them know one more time. Uh, yeah, where they can go. Go ahead. No, I'm saying shout it out one more time where they can go and get those oh, pre-orders. Oh, man, in. I'm not I'm not even sure. I had, you know, connected with the brother through the Facebook and uh, oh. got the information. Um, I'm sure he can give it to y'all. Yes, I sir. just wanted it's, to uh, go ahead. It's rapguide.wordpress. Rap uh, you'll find my blog there. Right on the top, you'll see pre-order Magi. Uh, if y'all got it in your heart, y'all can do it. And if it's a financial thing, you can wait. To February eighth and get the soft cover, which would be a lot cheaper. But right now I'm only uh, pre-ordering okay. hard cover for uh, to to gain these funds for my expenses. So and thanks again for letting me shoot that out. Yeah, no problem. If Absolutely. I could, I also wanted to add in, like I was saying, I really appreciate everything y'all doing in the hood. I know you really don't have time to uh, deal with this music. You got this big debate coming up. And um, like you said, you're working on being an author and putting out more books. But, uh, man, we do need this music, too, man, because, you know, we open up our minds and get into this conscious thinking. And then when we try and uh, fulfill that, you know, that, that musical, that need for that music, we got this bullshit we got we got to listen to. So I'm just saying, you know, when you can, drop a little hit on us, put a little video out. Or even uh, suggest some people I can go and download and listen to. Yeah, you know what? I got some you probably ain't heard that I put out in the last two or three years, and it's right up your should be right up your alley. You can yeah, find my I, music on my yeah, Bandcamp. You been there? Okay. Uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah, I got a Bandcamp. I, I, I mean, you know, everybody should have one, but I got you. Yeah. You can find everything on iTunes, but I put some more unique music on my Bandcamp. Uh, it's casual. Okay. Somebody used my main name, so it's casual one with the number. You can just put casual band camp and mine's pop up first anyway if you put okay. it in Google. Yeah, and uh, you'll hear out. some tunes on there. I got a song on there I'm rapping in Matter Matter. At least attempted to. You know, uh, I was in yeah. the studio one day. Couldn't think of nothing, so I said, let me try to spit something in. I do the yeah. Yeah, that's cool because I've been through the, right. uh, the Smash Rock Wheel. Uh, page on the YouTube and had a couple songs on there, you know. Okay. I need that music. Well, thanks a lot, like I said, for having this show and, uh, you know, bringing this to us and stuff. You know, peace. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. No yeah. doubt. Appreciate it. All right. All right. Peace, yeah. family. Okay, let's go to the eight six four. Call it from the eight six four three four zero eight six four three four zero. Caller, peace. Hotel, hotel, hotel. hotel. Peace. Hotel, hotel. This is Equineve, brother Shabazz. I'm calling from um uh, from South Carolina. Um, definitely. Um, What's up with you, man? This is, Nothing much, man. I, I I I ain't been on the show, man, and I'm pretty sure. I was thinking about you the other day. I'm like, yo, I ain't, I ain't heard from my brother in a minute. Look, man, everything been all good, man. You know, um, my pops passed, and um, you know, a couple months back, so oh, you know, been dealing with some with, with some things. Yes. Um, thanks, brother. Thanks, brother. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely, um, you know, tying in and, and, and keeping up this 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 uh, great comedic work. And um, with one of the brothers, uh, the brothers that we're speaking with, the the great group, the Hieroglyphs, man. Um, that's making me think a lot about um, hip hop. And as the last caller that called in about the need for us to have that, um, they say behind every great Haru, a great he- hero, they have uh, is great theme music. So that's um, you know letting us know about the vibration that we want to send out. And um, I thank the brother for for the work, the the project that he was saying that he did in the metal netter. And um, you know the the brother that I'm down with, brother Taya RBG. He is very a very hardworking um brother when it comes down to, you know, actually getting this stuff done, oh, yeah. putting this putting this art out here, letting everybody that's that's on my brother that, that the brother did absolutely the brother that that the brother uh the song that the brother did with uh United Front. I think that song kind of um spoke a lot of volume uh to what we need going on right now. Um, but, you know, uh, it, it definitely does, uh, stir a lot of that, uh, great African soul and the spirit. So I like to say, uh, just dwell on the tell and, and just thankful for, you know, this, this KTL show, you know, uh, the relationships and net, the networking that, um, I have made through you all and that you guys, uh, definitely still make and, um, you know, how I have been able to make myself better. And do a lot, a uh, lot of things as it relates to uh, building ourselves up through Africa um, by way of metal netter to me. So that's that's all that that that, that counts. Um, so I like to say just thank you, thank you, thank you. And, um, and when when you guys have a chance, check out Repat Nation, the Henninsu dot com, uh, you know, page. We we will have the uh, Kemet tour coming up in September. So y'all, um, you know, definitely, um, you know, keep us posted on anything you guys got going on, so we can definitely uh, create that sure. network and uh, of, of of black black business, uh, black interests. I love the power pieces, man. I'm trying to get me a power piece or two or three, you know. Uh, so so don't, definitely, don't try, um, just manifest it. Just you know, prepare yourself for it, and you know, the time the time will present itself. Can you just be oh, present? Yeah. Don't try Absolutely. eliminate that. Absolutely. Make it happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Manifest. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. Absolutely. Here. Repat Nation. You know, United Front, the entire family, Che Black. I look forward to seeing the family. And um salute, man. You down salute there in you, South brother. Carolina holding that down just like we were speaking about earlier. Carolina's gotta unite. It's a lot of land down there, it's a lot of history, it's a lot of energy, you know. We gotta reverse some of the uh the, the you know, the energy down there that's this non benefiting to us, you know, the narrative that they keep trying to push on us. And there's a other rebellious nature and energy that's laying dormant down there that we have to pick up and tap into. All right. Absolutely. I feel it every time I hit that, that highway, you know, every time I pass some trees they got a story to tell. All right, so shout out to the family of the Carolinas. Absolutely. Hey, we're gonna have to get y'all brothers down here, man. So, uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we do some politics. And we're looking at trying to get some um some wellness initiatives and um you know get some some good things to encourage that that morale of those uh, young black queens and those young black kings, man. So, 
Uh, we, it I'm, ain't hard to do. Yeah. You just got to build it and they'll come. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> get, it, Absolutely. Yeah, get it for the building. We got it for them. We got the layup for them. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Most definitely. Thank y'all for the show. If thanks. Man, um, brothers, uh, thank you for the good music, y'all. Uh, keep up the good work. Hotel. Thank you, bro. Thank you, Hotel. Yes. Brother, well, we got a question from the chat. They want to know, will you be teaching Meduneja at any point? Uh, possibly not Medu- me. I got a, I'm here to teach uh, Brother U, Ujahu Arima. I had owns uh, I think it's mdu-ntr.com. Uh, but not me. I don't think I'll be teaching. I'll probably write a book on some. Actually, my book has uh, new interpretations and new translations to a lot of the pyramid texts that they messed up. The one, one in particular from the uh, book of Pataho or the uh, teachings of Pataho text, which is Maxim 32. I went in on that. I did work on it, and I got to the uh, the root of the source, the root of one of the claims. We'll find out that actually one of the main translators who translates that text as uh, – uh, a woman boy, which is a, a bad translation, is that he says it says do not have sex with a woman boy. Well, I got to the bottom of it, and, and my translation says a childish woman. But I also got to uh, the point of mm. I, it's a, uh, you can see it, but also we'll see that the main translator, who is Goldike or Hans Goldike, was actually accused in 1982 of forging uh, some other stuff up. Uh, on hot shop suit Stella pretending to Israel. So we got a lot of work that we need to do before we start standing on the work of these scholars and saying that our elders said that. And when it comes to that medunetra, hopefully I'll be able to address it soon. But like I said in my book, you'll see the evidence of some of my work. No doubt. No doubt. I'm all for that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Let's go to another caller. We got another caller in the call queue. All right. We're gonna go to caller from the two oh five. Two oh five four two two. Two oh five four twenty two. Caller peace. Peace caller. Yo, can you Yes we can. Good, good. Morning, I'm on the hands free. I'm on the hands free, blue man. So you know what it is. Okay. You know, down south, man. It's your, it's your brother kicking in. You know what I'm saying? Down here with the with, with the L box. You know what I'm saying? L box. Still doing the thing. Yeah. You know, we still we still in action. Indeed, indeed. You know, I'm doing my thing now. Yeah. Bro, we got we got new music, you know, we've been working, you know what I'm saying? Uh got the young brothers, you know what I'm saying, we tuned them in and whatnot. And also as well, you know, I'm picking up a new picking up the trade or whatnot, you know what I'm saying, reading the blueprints, doing the welding and whatnot. So I'm just trying to unify my brothers who got these skills, you know what I'm saying as yeah. well. So we we come That's to right. the table when it's time to when it's time it's one thing to have the information and knowledge but you gotta be able to you gotta have the application and be able to put structure together. So, you know, I you know, I really not even right. knew, bro, I've been in the structure, I've been in the maintenance department and just actually I'm just saying, bro, that I, I've been around, you know what I'm saying, the skill and never really I knew that I was just gonna soak it up and absorb it like that. 
You know what I'm saying? It all just started with just, you know what I mean, sticking some metal together or whatnot. And then start, you know what I mean, doing a little research, you know what I'm saying, on yeah, that, on that ancient, the ancient open. trade. You know that you're <laughs> God of the universe. You've erased all of that irrelevant programming. So you open for whatever, you know what I'm saying? You can download yes. anything. You can gravitate towards any information. You can master any craft. So be that shining example, and you can create your own local. You can create your own situation, bring the homies in, you know what I'm saying, and show them what that real iron work is about. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Indeed. You know, show, them how to build, show them how to build one of them things. You feel me? You know, you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. Read them blueprints. Get get them millimeters. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. Now them, them, you know what I'm saying. Them, them direct. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying. Hangers together. Yeah, you know. So yeah, you know, you know, it's going down though, bro. You know what I'm saying. Oh yeah, in March too. You know, it, it, I don't know what you're doing, family in March, but we got the Zulu Nation coming down. So. You know, we're going to be down here. I've uh, got a nice event popping off. It's going to be a nice cultural oh, event. Already? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Definitely, definitely. All right. Definitely, definitely. Uh, you can definitely you can contact down here, uh, me and the brother's own. Man, you can hit me up directly on my Gmail. Just hit me up at uh, 2mellow4u at gmail.com. That's number 2, M-E-L-L-O, number 4 at gmail.com, you know what I'm saying? And you can also hit that L box. Wait, 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 where is the U at? Is the U a oh, U, the U or is it yeah, Y? Yeah, yeah, okay. just, just you. Okay. Just, just you. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. Have you gone on OSHA.com? Uh, not yet, but I'm quite, I'm a little, I'm a little familiar, yeah. I haven't because went on that yet. They got a whole bunch of courses on OSHA.com for certifications. It's a whole bunch of things. Hazmat 40, OSHA, OSHA 10, OSHA 40. All okay. Of the things okay. Dealing with the, yeah, dealing with those are certifications that once you attach it to what it is that you're doing, it just raises up the amount of money that you can receive, especially if you're not in a union or whatnot. You're just doing contract work. But, right. you know, that, that goes into something that um one of the – Topics that I I was addressing last year about us coming together, especially in the South and also in the big cities and forming, if not unions, you know, uh, trade, trade, trade organizations, trade unions and whatnot. You know, mm-hmm. um, somebody told me don't use the word coalition. That's a bad word. But you know what I'm saying? Like, we need to mm-hmm. get into, we need to form with brothers and sisters who have those skills, those hand skills, because we're talking about we're going to be nation building and whatnot. But while we're mm. in our cities and our towns and whatnot, why not get 40 and 50 an hour as a group? Forget about you the only one on your on your school, in the union or you the only one in the coalition that's awake. Why, don't the, why doesn't the whole organization, brothers who's coming home, brothers who don't want to do nine to five, brothers who might not have an independent thing going, why don't we all mm. run up and get a bid, a multi-million dollar bid together? So, we could work consistently for six months. We could fly brothers in from other states that need the work, that are conscious, right. that have their they licenses, stack our bread, study after work. We don't got to debate on site. We don't got to build on site. We could mm. do that in a social setting like they used to do. Remember that whole thing with the uh, mafia, the mob and whatnot, they had the social clubs. 
So they did their work in the union. They did their construction right. work. They did all that other stuff. And then they got right. into the social club. But we had that also in Detroit. We had that. We had Yeah, we had that in factory towns. And the social clubs were forming to political parties or conscious organizations. Going back to saying about the brothers right. in Chicago and the brothers in the 70s and whatnot, those were social clubs. And out of the social clubs, because we need to come together socially, we got social network, we see the power of that. But mm. that social club, that face-to-face, you know what I mean, where a brother can come in and explain yeah. his problem. You need some bills paid. You need some work to be put in. You know what I mean? You come yeah. to the social club. You know, Indeed. and um, that's, what, that's what you bring to the youth who might have a record, might have the, you know, they might be sitting on some bread and they they might got to get into the league. They want they want to jump into something, but they don't want to do office. And they can't even get hired at McDonald's. So right. you go and you acquire the skills online. It might be a one, it might be a few days. It might be uh, three hours. Like I got my OSHA 10 license in three hours. I paid them $100. I'm certified. Mm. I could walk on a construction site and get a, and get hired right there. Conveniently, oh, conveniently, I, I did. Damn. I did Superstorm Sandy cleanup and was getting thirty an hour to sweep my G. That completely mm. changed my outlook on the construction game. I was like, hell to the nah, we need this. You know, yes, all of these, all of these cities that we 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 are the majority of the population. Their construction booms taking place, but the the workers that's are right. not us, and that's erroneous. You know what I mean? That makes no sense. Mm. So right. salute, salute to what you're doing. Keep doing that work. Learn that, learn that, that uh, game right there. You know what I'm saying? And and to the point where you, when yes. you're ready to teach other people online, you could do that, and we could, you know, brothers could benefit off of that, and we could build. Yeah, yes, sir. keep Indeed. doing that music. You know what I'm saying? Cataloging, sending some samples. We still putting this mixtape together, and we're gonna be putting. All right. Some- you know, some larger situations together we'll talk to you about offline. You heard? Okay. Bet, bet, bet. I gotta give me a piece, man. I gotta give me a gotta give me a give me a baby hey rule, man, you know what I'm saying? Then think about getting a box of them babies yeah, for real though, so I can put them on the block. Man, you feel whenever, me? Wholesale. Whenever you ready, whenever you ready to hot step, you let me know. I got you, bro. That'll right? work. Bro hey, bro, and one more thing, man. I'm, I want to reach out to get a chance, man. Uh, I got a project popping up too. You know this so-called Black History, whatnot, whatnot coming up. But mm-hmm. we know that's that's three sixty-five. You know what I'm saying and forever. But you know, yeah, at the same time, I don't know if you, I don't know if you brothers are familiar. Zaza and them came down here, and man, it was like she brought she brought up the 16 Baptist Street bombing. You know what I'm saying? Whatnot. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Ordeal. And uh, uh-huh. it's it's like it's like one it's like one actual you know what I'm saying one survivor that's left out of those four little girls, and right. her name is Sarah Rudolph Collins and she's still here, bro. And she she hasn't been uh, reimbursed with no type of benefits or nothing, man. And it's sad she got one eye missing. And you know I feel like bro, we should just I feel like we should just you know what I mean go down there, man, and actually go ahead and document this and re you know what I'm saying, re resurrect this whole you oh. know what I'm saying ordeal. You feel me? So you know I'm we're gonna, we're gonna document this thing. Yeah, man. You know that's, so that's honorable. You know that's, that's beyond honorable. honorable. 
Right. No, it's so just keep on us me, in G. contact. Yeah, keep us in touch with that. Let's make that happen. All right? Bet. Indeed, indeed. Bet, man. In a minute, in a minute, G. Peace, peace, man. Peace, Lord. Peace. All right. We're going to take one last call for the evening. This is caller from the 404. We're still on the turnpike. 404-914-404-914. Peace. Welcome to KTF. Peace, Brother Blue. Peace, No Last Radio. Um, peace, peace. Brother Jonathan Owens, Redfield. Um, peace. You know, same thing. Much obliged for all the work all you guys do. Uh, this is Count Kai Noob from Facebook. Uh, I also like to encourage everybody. I'm at the plantation right now, so I'm going to be quick. But I want to encourage everybody to support uh, Jonathan Owens, you know, and, and uh, his Magi Fund because uh, this guy do a lot of good work, man, and you know, it's an imprint on me, you know, more recently. I mean, everything about the dude is honest, you know, and and his work stands for itself, you know. Uh, I did have a question for, you know, with all the misinterpretation of the ancient glyphs and stuff like that, I, I wanted to know, like, books about, like, the Hussia and things of that nature. How how closely can we follow them, you know, as far as, like, spiritual scripture? You know, if, if, if so, have you found any inconsistencies and works like that we feel, something like that? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, you talking about uh, the book about uh, who's that, about Karenka? Or are you talking about the, uh, the who see it? It's not, I wouldn't critique it. Uh, I would say it is pretty sound, but honestly, there's not nothing. I have not went and looked over those translations in particular. Uh and that's one thing I never like to do. I'm not, I don't like to profess that just because I can't read the glyphs that I've looked over everything and I'm just, you know what I'm saying, I just got that skill. So as far as I'm concerned, when the last time I engaged that book, who see it, if that's what you're talking about, or if, you, if you're addressing the concept of who and see who being divine utterance and see being exceptional insight from the uh, comedic perspective, uh, the book, I wouldn't put a bad stamp on it. I would say it was cool. And what we know about who and Sia, as far as being uh, the natures of what I just put forth, uh, is somewhat solid as well. Uh, you know what I'm saying? But, again, finding a book in one book, like who Sia, the way we get that book brought to us is sort of like we find uh the King James Version of the Bible. It wasn't put out in the in the manner in that manner, if you understand what I'm saying. But like I said, I don't have any uh anything too bad to say about that work. Alright, cool. Appreciate that man. Like I said, I'm on the PlayStation man, it's kinda of loud in here, but I definitely appreciate all y'all do, man. I'm trying to make my way. I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. I'm trying to make my way up there, you know, to New York. I mean, support y'all brothers, man, but salute, man, salute, salute. You gonna make it happen? And thanks for the kind words, my brother. There's nothing uh, better than that, so salute to you. Thank you, my brother. Peace. All right, we're gonna take one more call. We have one more hand up. I'm gonna go to the 713-538-713 caller. Peace. Greetings. Call up from the 713. 
Peace, caller. All right. I guess not. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I failed to ask. It just came to me. Um, you're going to be part of a team, a collective mm-hmm. in this debate. You know what I'm saying? I don't necessarily think that you're, I don't know how the matchups, quote unquote, are going, but I know that you brothers are contingency. Um, can you speak a little bit about your your team? You know, we got Brother Reggie, uh, Shaka Atmos, yeah. Brother Polite. Yeah. All these brothers uh, that we know personally. Um, can you speak on them? Yeah, definitely. I can speak on it, definitely. And just to be uh, quite frank, uh, the only one I've met in real life so far is Brother Reggie. Uh, Brother Reggie was responsible for getting me over to uh, Sonetta's couch when I came out for the Zulu Nation's 41st anniversary. Uh, me and Polite, we've been building and studying real good, and uh, I just had my first uh, chance to uh, speak with Brother Shaka yesterday. And the nature of the debate that we're going to do is not Hold on, you was, you was at the Zulu joint? Yeah, I was at the Zulu joint. I performed there. I'm talking about not the 40th, the 41st. You was there? The I one this you year? Up in there. This year, yeah, I was in there. I was kind of, I had a drink or two that night, though, but you know. <laughs> okay, so you was up in Miss. You had to be at Miss if you was performing, correct? Yep, I was at Miss in Harlem. That's where I was. And I even wow. was telling Cy, I, I told Cy and all them to come over there. I just had not been in touch with you. But I was there that night. I performed, Lars, me, Lars Professor, and somebody else performed that night. Oh, no, we was backstage. We was, Lars Professor performed, the Beating Us performed that night. Um, PMD. Uh, PMD performed. I was backstage. Yeah. I started stepping out for a minute. I didn't see y'all back there, though. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. It was a big old uh, yeah, jumbo time. It was a big jumbo Yeah, the jumbotron was crazy. Yeah, in the back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you see, you see that venue though, right, brother Jonathan? Yeah, that's a nice venue. That'd be a nice place for a lecture, correct? Oh yeah, that'd be a good. lecture yeah. slash performance. A lecture yeah. slash oh, yeah. performance yeah. now, which is the, the, nice. the that's that's the upscale model of the lecture. The lecture slash performance. But well, we gonna holler about that. I would say. Yeah, I would say a film. That's that's good to produce to premiere like a documentary or a film or you know something like that, and then do a show with a panel. Yeah, they had a lot of vendors up there, and then they had a real nice space for the performance, and then the backstage area was cool too. So that a backstage was nice. Everything, yeah, a little bit of everything. But but we back to the conglomerate or with the crew or the the uh. The League of Incredible Gentlemen stepping forward to defend Kemet on February yes. 8th. You know what I'm saying? People got their personals about everybody. I ain't there for that. I ain't there. I really ain't even coming to make no friends because I got words to say. And, and, and defend, I mean, this is the Magi. So we come from up out of Nubia in defense of Kemet whenever Kemet needs help historically. Matter of fact, Brother Ankh brought forth a prophecy since they always want to breach talk about prophecy, he went to the books and whipped out the prophecy of Amos, where we know where we know Kamos was the Nisu, right? 
but who had to come and help the Nisu Amo. So we really got all the same characters right here, right now, 2015, because the Magi had to come out to help Amos and Kamos get rid of the Asiatics. So I'm like, wow, um, they always want prophecy. They got it right here. We got the Nisu, who came for, who whose brother Amos was talking with the Asiatics, so they brought forth the Magi. You feel me? Like, mm. That's crazy, man. It's kind of crazy, bro. Yeah, so you know, I, and I, I've been thinking. able to track. Yeah, I've been able to track past debates as well. In particular, um, SETI and Polite, and we were able to extract uh, a cosmic story that took place there as well that supported the possession of the equinox, but it's too much for some people to to understand or to swallow because they think so small of themselves. So they wouldn't understand that during every changing of an age, you have to have this Heru set story play out. That's what signals the changing of the age. So, you know, one being a Leo, the other being a Capricorn, <laughs> one being the sun and the other being Sat. You know, it, it was, everything was there. It played itself out. Um, right before December 21st at that. So, you know what I'm saying? I've already seen evidence that, you know, although people want to point fingers at the, the quote-unquote, the debate circuit, they don't really understand that um, this is just energy and motion. And, you know, these are just these particular venues that the quote-unquote judgment has to take place. Yeah, I also notice how much weight we put on certain events when we uh, when we uh, in objection to them. So now uh, the base is just uh, the biggest thing in the world. You know what I'm saying? Now it's uh, uh, it's in, it's counterproductive. What is it in the way of? What would you be doing on February 8th that's gonna change the world if it wasn't gonna be no debate? So that argument <laughs> that seems to be bringing forward, you see what I'm saying? That argument is silly. Uh, you know, we do have a lot of work to do, and I agree with people. I do not like the nature of uh, the garly discourse, for lack of better words. You know, so I don't like that because uh, I just don't like it. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just like, yo, if we could get down and let each other speak and be gentlemen, it's going to be wonderful. If we can't, I'm still going to be right there. You know what I'm saying? That's right. Definitely look forward to seeing you. Again, like I said, it's an honor to be here on the radio and opening up this platform and, you know, being able to chop it up with you, not only for our own uh, mental discourse, but the fact that our listeners are able to learn as well. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, we, we were able to build a bridge, and hopefully as that bridge strengthens, we can, you know, divide. Because, you know, before the debates, they had the bicoastal divide. You know what I'm saying? So we've seen this before, you know what I mean? When we know, in fact, that we're we're just the same people with different styles, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But those styles complement one another. That's how I feel when I see the Hebrews, my brothers. You know, they just come, you know what I'm saying? And and they have they might have some different information based on what was given to them at a particular time that spoke exclusively to them. But, um, you know, we got to cut it off, yeah. not to cut you off, but to add to what you're saying. I, be look, I look at a few of the brothers, and I'm like, yo, man, you look like we related. It don't matter if I'm studying Kemet and you claiming Hebrew, 
we look related. So, can, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. that's an issue we might have, too, when you just choose your affiliation at this late point in life. Next thing you know, you rivaling your third cousin on your mama's side that you didn't even know. So That's right. Well, we're going to get it right, you know what I'm saying? And um, I look forward to it. I'm honored. And we will definitely see you in the building February 8th. All right, family, all roads lead to Harlem. Family, if you're listening to the Alhambra Ballroom, February 8th, you can definitely mm-hmm. go to, I believe, Sarnetta's page to check some information out if you want to purchase pre-advanced tickets or what have you. All right, you can highlight the family. Um, shout out to Brother Ankh and that entire mm-hmm. team over there. I'm around all right. Up. And you have a, a, a... Huh? I said, I'm in Rob Squad Up. <laughs> I'm in Rob Squad Up. Yes, indeed. Is there a particular day that, that the family broadcasted we can inform yeah. the audience about? Thank you, bro. Uh, on Sundays, Sundays, 10 o'clock Eastern, normally about 10, 11 o'clock Eastern, you can catch us on Blog Talk Radio. I'm in Rob Squad. You know what I'm saying? A whole host of scholars, different scholars each night, so. And just before we close and everything, I, I want to thank you again. Like I'm saying, I, did, uh, I don't know if you know personally, I've been following y'all for a minute. I'm just saying that. And I want to, just like your callers is calling in, y'all platform is needed. Uh, I respect y'all demeanor. I respect y'all cadence and everything. Like it's it's wonderful that y'all uh, keep it organized and real civil. And that's something y'all need to be commended on. You know what I'm saying? You know, um, just to speak, and you know, and, another and, and tidbit. support of that, I, I think yeah. that, again, is, that's just a reflection of the fact that we are two different individuals, even though we're brothers, and we can never lose sight of that, the fact that we are brothers, we're reminded of it every day, and we take that same idea into the community with us, that even though, you know what I'm saying, we might have bumped heads with people in the past, and you know, or somebody's ideology might be different or their way of dress or their approach towards consciousness, we understand, you know, that that's still our brother. You know what I'm saying? And those women out there, that's our sister, and so we need to behave and treat them as such, you know. And it's not always going to be as smooth as it's rolling off my tongue. But at the end of the day, you know what I'm saying, we have to still come back to that realization, and, and that's where we end up at. Yeah, and another thing, too, um, platform that you on with the brother, um, you know, just to show you how things are related, we actually got our start over there. Uh, it was brother, um, and sister, Nikki Love. That was one of the yes, beginnings indeed. for our blog talk, you know, getting on blog talk. They uh, they had the airwaves on Smash back in the days, and they mm-hmm. were able to, they, yeah, they were courteous enough to extend um, a platform for me to come on and then later my brother and as a result of, of being on the show and, and loving the dialogue and seeing the um seeing seeing that we had a lane that we could go come into and basically, you know, do what we were doing on YouTube, we created No Less Radio. You know what I'm saying? So brother and, Hong and, and let me let me add on, just so you can know what company that you keep. I was in Atlanta at the time. I had a store downtown Atlanta in the uh, little five-point shots, KB and KT, Brother Ankh and Nikki Love, upon finding that out, 
came down to the shop besides a free commercial, you know what I'm saying, put our business where it needed to be in regards to advertising with their fan base. You know, I will never forget that. And that was done out of love. And Brother Ankh, you know, he's extended himself on plenty of occasions, as well as Nikki Love, when I was down there to show us the utmost hospitality. So that's a genuine individual that you're talking about over there. And we salute him. That's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah, man. All the rebels are cool. Uh, you know, we all, I mean, you know, we all go through it. We, it's ups and downs to it. But everybody got good intentions. And the majority, hopefully, the majority of us got good intentions. But all the brothers I socialize with is genuine and, you know, you know what they heart mm-hmm. is. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So with that, um, I wish I had some of your stuff uploaded so we could rinse it. Don't even trip. You know, but I don't, I don't, I don't got anything on deck and, and queued up in the queue right this particular moment. I do want to make this um, last minute announcement real quick, family, for the family that's going to hear this in the archive, or if you're still tuned in. Our brother Ross Ben is going to be at Nicholas Brooklyn, I believe this Friday. Okay, and that's the Star Nation Two. He's going to be doing a fundraiser, or should we say, crowdfunding, for this upcoming trip to Arizona to the Rock and the Mineral Show. All right, you know definitely I'm going to be in the building in Arizona. Shout out to the AZ family. All right, I got the Super Bowl coming up there. Um, yeah, so the biggest gym event in the world is taking place in Arizona. So the brother's going to be coming through Brooklyn to do some uh, fundraising for that trip. This is Friday, January 30th. Doors are opening at 6 p.m., okay? And he's going to have some rare crystals, some rare gems on deck for the family if you want to make purchases towards his initiative, which is getting out to AZ. Um, and also Sister Cafunia. Sister Cafunia has a trip going to, I believe it's upstate, uh, to get into the caverns and the caves and, and get her hands on some of these rocks and minerals as well. All right, I'm trying to pull that up. Give me one second. I'll get the information to you. Family. All right. Uh... Where is it at? Okay, the Crystal Road Trip Part 4 presents the journey within. So I'll share this information. Or you can just go to Sister Cofunia's page on Facebook, Cofunia Ife. All right, and I'm sure that we'll make mention of it this upcoming Friday on the program. All right, we definitely have yeah. some treats in store for you. All right, this show has been sponsored by... KingsCounty.BigCartel.com, SoulGoBiz.com, MyPowerPieces.com. If you want to make a donation, family, and continue our crowdfunding, you can send a donation to PMorpheus at gmail.com. All right, that KTL website is on the way, putting the finalized and finishing touches on it. Uh, We got a whole bunch of content on there, original content as well all kind of archive stuff, just, you know, just treats, 
unprecedented. You know what I'm saying? So the Lou Ray Caverns. Oh, she's going to Shenandoah, Virginia. Wow, I went there. That's that joint is crazy out there. February 14th to February 16th. All right, this is with Funia. The power of nature, exploring and seeking a deeper significance of connecting to our ancestors. So the Lou Ray Caverns. All right. That's what she'll be venturing to on February 14th to the 16th. All right. And Ross Ben will be in Brooklyn with Joel Benjamin at the uh, at Nicholas Brooklyn. All right. This Friday. You dig? So, with that being said, is there anything that the family wants to leave the audience with? I'll say in closing, uh, if you haven't got it yet, check out my book, Magi, a handbook for the conscious community, dropping February 8th. You can pre-order it at rapgod.wordpress, and that's about it. I'm a Ross Squad Up, y'all. Thanks for having me tonight, and peace. For sure. Peace. 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 Peace.